This is episode 349 for December 2014. And if you're a fan of this podcast, I'd appreciate your support in helping pay the bills. Uh, you can log on to our front page of our website at spidermancrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side for a button that says support this site via PayPal. And there's also some drop-down menus of how you can help support the site by keeping the lights on and helping us pay those expensive bandwidth costs. All right, on with the show, gang. Hey, Carl Spacers, welcome to our Spider Satellites. George, we've got help on this episode now. Because we needed it. We ne- <laughs> Ashley, thanks for joining us on this one. Hey, happy to be here. And our buddy Zach. Welcome, Zach. Oh, thank you, and because you demanded it, actually. <laughs> I, I, he can actually say that, and it's true. It is true. People demanded Zach. More, we want more Zach. Yeah. There you go. All right, we've got 13 uh, issues that we're going to be tackling. Let me read them off real quick. We've got Spider-Man 2099, number 6, New Warriors, number 12, (laughs) Foes, 17, (laughs) Carnage, number 1 and 2, Spider-Woman, number 1, Axis, number 5, Hobgoblin, number 2, Fantastic Four, number 12, Spider-Verse, Team-Up, number 1, Spider-Verse, number 1, Scarlet Spiders, number 1. I wonder who has that one. And we have X-Men 33. Uh, we're going to start with Spider-Man 2099 with George. Tell me what happens in this one, sir. All right. Well, if if you were hoping that you could read Spider-Man 2099 just by itself, <laughs> if you haven't been enjoying uh, the stuff that's been going on in Amazing Spider-Man, and and you've like you know you you looked at this as a breath of fresh air that that you you know just sort of be it, it, its own thing over here. Well, you were sadly mistaken. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that. Yeah, you, you're, you're, poor, yeah. You've been sucked into the Spider Verse just like the rest of us poor bastards. And um, and you know, I, again, you know, it's one thing, you know, to have a title that's going good and then to get sidetracked by a bloated event. Um, but when you have Peter David writing it, it's not as bad. You right. know, it's like well, that is true. You, that is it's true. like Peter David can still find a way to work well with what's there. But at the same time, it's still saddled with the baggage of everything else going on. Um, so for this story, this this takes place right after Amazing Spider-Man number 10. By the way, before you proceed, I, I talking about how Peter David's been saddled with events. I just read 299 where he's saddled with Spider-Verse. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to read the other Peter David book that I subscribe to. Poor X-Factor has Axis in it. <laughs> so oh, Peter David, but Peter David's been hit twice oh, this month. Oh, man, poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, what what really sucks though is that this story was was good. I was I was interested in Alchemex. I was Liz hadn't been this interesting in years. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was so much good stuff that was going on that was getting built on, and you know, we 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 we, we break in with with this breaking news event that is the uh, the Spider Verse crossover. You know, and it's just oh, it's just it's like you know it's. It's sad. I mean, I want I, I want to read about the other stuff, not this stuff, because everything else that is out there is this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, just a detour. Yeah. Yeah. This is no. more like track. or or derailing, really. That's it. Yeah, that, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So, and for this one, we go back to 2099, which I didn't think would happen in this title for like a really long time, but no, by issue by issue six. Bam! We're back in 2099. <laughs> okay. And I want to read. I want to read something that that Lila says. You know, because you have Lila at the beginning of every episode, sort of giving a recap. 
And the last bit here is Spider-Man 2099, the steampunk armed lady spider from Earth 803, and the six-armed Spider-Man from Earth 91200 <laughs> escape, from Demo, escape with Deimos' dead body in hopes of discovering more about the inheritor's biology, but the restored Deimos is hot on their trail. How ridiculous does that sound? <laughs> you know? That's what Peter David had to write in the front. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're like, this is a, this is a setup. I, write it from there. I see him writing this going, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad. So so it starts up. Yeah. We're back in 2099. You know, you've got uh, you've got Ty Stone sitting there. You know, back on his desk, being evil. You know, being like, I got the world in my hands. There's no Spider Man. Everything's great. And then three Spider Man show you show back up. You got you got Miguel, Lady Spider. Who's like the steampunk Spider Man? We'll, and, we'll get uh, to her later. Uh, oh, did you not like her? <laughs> mm, we'll get to that later. All right. <laughs> Ashley's uh -oh. Ashley the producer. She's like, yeah, keep it going. Keep no, going. no, Ashley's winding up to throw the th punch. I know, right? <laughs> so, you, and then you got uh, Six Arm Spidey, which I guess is the what if Spider Man never lost his additional arms, right? Yes, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so suddenly, you know, Ty's got three Spider-Man to worry about instead of one. Well, they swing by Gabe's place, you know, as you as you do. You know, you're back in the city. You want to see some sights. You stop by. You see your brother Gabe. Uh, Gabe has instant chemistry with Lady Spider, you know, in a, in a very, you know, hey, you know, I, very overtly, I find you attractive kind of way. Uh, that that was a very funny moment. And then, without, I mean, almost the instant they get over to Gabe's, bam. It's time for the inheritor to show up. It's it's Deimos. I don't. Is this Deimos or the clone? I I'm confused. I don't know anymore. I don't this, know. I don't, okay, I, I will say this. This does pay off later in another book. That it hasn't. That, won't that I'm probably not reading. <laughs> probably <Fantastic>. not. <laughs> awesome. But <laughs> battle reading it. Let's just All right. that well, well, which book is it? I probably read it, and I don't even know. Uh, the newest issue of Scarlet Spiders, which is number two. Okay, okay I'm yeah, so, so something I'm not reading. <laughs> I, have, yeah, I yeah, haven't read much. that one yet, so I'm glad there's something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah I've you, only read issue one. That that particular plot point will be paid off later, but yes. Okay. So uh, so so six arm Pete, as I'll as I'll call him. <laughs> six arm Pete jumps to the fray, you know, trying to buy time, you know, and he's like, go go, I'll stall him, you know, getting into the action like he's Spider Monkey, like he thinks he's Spider Monkey, you know. <laughs> and uh, Deimos is really not impressed, you know, grabs his webbing, pulls him over to him, and and eats him pretty quickly. <laughs> You know, didn't even take time to savor him, just eat him. And this is a Peter. You would think that there's more to feast on. Well, well, you I, know, that like, didn't sound right like, at all. I'm, it's like going for chicken wings. There's not much meat there. It's like, it's like <laughs> chicken wing. It's like, a, it's like a chicken wing, but, but you don't get the little drumstick part. You get the flipper. And there's no meat you on get the flipper. flipper Pete. They call him Flipper Pete. This is why when I go to order fried chicken, again, you know, to segue what I talked about earlier. Uh, I always order like like I'll get an eight piece box because I can eat some for lunch and I can eat some for dinner and probably have something left over for the next day too. And I always tell them no way. Economical, there's, George. There's no meat on the damn wing. Right. You you, you yeah. the wing is a rip off. I'd rather have a drumstick. <laughs> Am I alone? No. Dude, three mm -hmm. for the best. <laughs> I don't know. You like I'm, I'm, I'm a wing person. My mom likes really? them, and I don't understand it. I mean, I'm uh, the, I think the little flipper thing is so annoying. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm, if you rip that off, then you know. 
You got to do it. For those vegetarians <laughs> listening to this podcast, I apologize. We're talking flippers and ripping wings off and six arm feet. Pete is very angry with us right now. Yeah, poor they're sending us very they're sending us very angry iTunes reviews. <laughs> yes, yes, somebody is writing that right now. So, so six arm Pete gets feast gets uh, ed up by uh, Deimos. Ed up, ed up, ed it's up. all ed up, and then Lady Spider jumps in to get her a little piece of the action. Uh, gets it a nice, uh, nice left uh, left hook there. Uh, is that a left cross or a left hook? I don't know. I, I I'm not into MMA. So, <laughs> but, but not she gets, even the chicks, man. No, but she she gets a nice hit in, and then he grabs her by the throat, and he's like, you know, you're not really a spider, but but he licks her face. <clears throat> I don't get that. That happens like like ever so often. You'll see that in the comics. Somebody licks somebody's face. WTF, Brad? Well, if they eat them, they're just sampling. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I've seen other comics where no one's going to eat somebody, but they still they're going to lick face. I don't get that. I don't get. You see it in movies too. I'm like, it's so unsanitary. I think one person did it once, and it's like, oh, that's so creepy, and now everyone does it. So yeah, yeah. it's it's you're you're right actually. You know, a bad guy is bad. Yeah, I don't know when that happened first, but whoever did it, thanks. Thanks. And plus, he was like hitting on them both. Was six arm Pete and Lady Spider? He starts like hitting on them. It's like, okay, where's this coming from? Okay, number one, bad guy is bad. Number one, you're right. Number two, I'm glad that six arm Pete is stuck. I was really. <laughs> Which is sad because uh, he's dead. Oh, no one else can bother to give him a name, so right. <laughs> it's better than Spider-Man of Earth, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because that flows off. I think Six Arm Pete just flows. I know Six Arm Pete yeah. needs a song. Uh, six Arm Pete, is Pete with well, all the hands. He left sixteen tons. As as what does he get? He gets six arms and legs. As huh? soon as I was writing that today, and I called him Six Arm Pete. I immediately thought of the mask in that song, Cuban Pete. Yes, sir, I'm Cuban Pete. You remember that in the mask? I'm the king of the Cuban Pete. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it, Pete goes, chink, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, yes, boom. Yes, exactly. That song. I love that, that song. Yeah. But anyway, he's dead now. So. <clears throat> Here. Yeah. <laughs> Less sad. And uh, <laughs> so you have six arm Pete gets eaten, uh, gets ed up real quick. Lady Spider gets a nice hit in, and then you got Gabe. <clears throat> Shooting Deimos with a giant gun, shoots him, uh, shoots him twice, and then uh, knocks him out of the building, like out the window, like top of the skyscraper he lives in. And so Deimos is just falling, apparently. And yeah. uh, and so then you know through the hole in the wall go uh, go Miguel and go Lady Spider, who stops to kiss Gabe, and it's a really sweet moment, which Ashley probably hated or something. I don't know because she. I thought it was cute. I mean, it's Gabe. How can you not like Gabe? I know Gabe's great. So uh, when he's the, venom. the fight goes down uh, into the city. You know, you've got the future cops, you know, <clears throat> dropping in trying to stop Deimos, <clears throat> but no. And uh, and Spidey uh, Miguel Spidey twenty ninety nine, or as I just call him Mickey because it's easier. Mickey uh, sends a message to uh, Stone through the cops communicator and is like, "Listen, I should come and pound you for sending me to twenty fourteen." But I tell you what, we'll, we'll calls it even if you prepare this thing in uh, on floor eighty two lab C for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's like, "Well, I don't want to get pounded on." So okay, yes, we'll go get that ready. So they do that. Uh, Lady Spider and uh, and uh, Demo square off a little bit, and Miguel gets back into it and uh, gets a nice hit in on uh, on Demos. Uh, hits him a few times, and then eventually they they lure him. Into uh, floor eighty-two, lab C, 
of Alchemex, where it's some sort of stasis field that zaps him in. I think it's the same thing they used to uh, contain uh, Venom, I guess, when Gabe was Venom. Right. And um, yep. and then that's that's the end of our issue, to be continued. So, pros here, uh, there is a lot of, of – it's very punchy. I like I like – I like it when stuff gets punchy. You know me, Brad. Yes. Um, and uh, now, when you say punchy, do you mean like physical punching or like like the quipping? No, like physical physical punching. Okay. You know. And um, like, and it won't f- fisticuffs. Yes, fisticuffs, melee, yeah, ruhaha. So, <laughs> and at one point in the narration, you know, Peter David has a Miguel, you know, like in a little thought box saying, "This is happening so insanely fast," and I thought that that was like a meta thing. You know, where Peter David is saying, you know, I just took over this title. This is happening so quickly. You know, just I, I, I'm not even four issues in, and then they tell me I'm, I'm part of a crossover. <laughs> That's happening at, you know, at dance slots, rapid, and, you know, manga pace, anime pace. <laughs> you know, so I thought that was a cool sort of out of the... Yeah. And the cons, of course, is part of a bloated crossover, but it's part of a bloated crossover written by Peter David. Uh, so yeah. it. Uh, so you're a, getting the best of what it can get. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. If you have to have a bloated crossover story, have it written by Peter David. Right. Anyway, why did they think of that sooner? I know. Actually, actually, what'd you think of whatever the lady spider? Yeah, you said you lady had spider. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just saying I was gonna cover her when we talk about Spider Verse later because that was her. Main oh, appearance. okay. There you go. All right. Uh, any any comments on that one before we move on to the next I one? I have my review yeah. on it. Oh, I didn't give my my letter grade review. I tried twice, Mom. and you kept you kept blocking me. You re- so you, you review blocked me. Hey, six RP, <laughs> six RP, chill. Yeah, six RP <laughs> getting the ed up was kind of sad because I like saying six RP. I never liked that character until I could call him six RP. But now he's dead. And now he's dead. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you uh, go. This one gets, so what's uh, B minus for me? B minus. Okay. Well, speaking of Spider Verse, let's go to Ashley for that one. All right. Spider-Verse, which... Number one, six sensational stories from the Spider event of 2014. Oh, wow. And how much was this one? Five dollars, Ashley. My goodness. Five dollars for what was actually three stories, (laughs) two advertisements, and an intro. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't they just call this the anthology book? I mean, for That's goodness sake. That's exactly what it is. That's what I titled my notes here, Spider-Verse the Anthology. Yeah. yeah. Which is, isn't a bad idea. It's kind of a cute way to get a bunch of different writers in and kind of give their takes on, oh, what if Spider-Man was this? It's just kind of fun. But, um, all right, so digging into this, we start off with the Master Weaver giving us our whole little spiel on what exactly the Spider-Verse is, and it's big and dramatic and... A little too dramatic in my opinion, because we're talking about, oh, the spiders have the powers to change all of our fates. Okay, I thought it was just, you know, great power and great responsibility, but our lives are in Spider-Man's hands. The dude was bitten by a spider, but <laughs> evidently there's an agenda, which is my biggest problem I've always had with this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then the first story that we get is called Spider-Clan the Mini, which is going back to, I don't know if anyone ever read this, uh, the Legend of Spider-Clan back from 2002. Which I actually read back then, but I'd forgotten until I, you know, picked this one up again. So I had to go and actually reread what Spider Clan was because this sure as hell wasn't going to tell me anything. 
<laughs> but really, they just they just drop you right in there. You, you see, they do. Peter is sitting there. He's like a monk, and he's having dreams about you know Aunt May telling him you know oh oh the mini the mini. It's like okay, what the hell? And he receives a message from his from Venom, who is his brother now. Okay. <laughs> And so he decides he's going to go on a journey and return to the Spider Clan in spite of um, Mary Jane's protest because he has apparently given up being Spider-Man, given up being part of the Spider Clan. I'm I'm not sure. I don't. They're not telling us. So he goes up there and he <laughs> mysteriously sees Uncle Ben, who's supposed to be dead. Who was actually I went you know when I went back and read this that he was murdered by his brother Venom. So oh. Uncle Ben is. Dead. I don't think they actually clarified that, and you know when they you see you appear here, but he, he's dead. This is Peter seeing things. He's not actually there. I just looked it up. Th- that book came out in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. So so we didn't know about a fourteen year old book. Yeah. <laughs> My God. All right. <laughs> did anybody read that one fourteen years ago? I did actually. And you did. I, I forgot. I probably about it. did, but I don't remember it for anything. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, fourteen years, <laughs> no recap. No, we don't even get a little, uh, a little Brad, note from the editor. What, Zach? Wow. I, I just have to say, you did read yeah. this fourteen years ago because I remember you talking about it on the message board. Did I hate it? Um, I, I, I thought you. I don't remember what your I, exactly. I, my, my, my <laughs> total either. recall. My total recall on message board history is not that is not that good. There, Douglas. I would be impressed if you remembered my opinion because I don't remember it too much. What's funny is like for some you know I'm 42 and 14 years ago seems like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> 14 years ago, you don't know how old I was. No, actually, no, no. you don't. <laughs> well, I, I probably just, win. Or, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ashley would win, and this uh, this was just makes me feel older. I was ten. <laughs> nice, God! Wow, terrifying. Yes, but anyways, so fourteen-year-old book, and we're just dropped right into the middle of it. Yeah. Which actually, the the first issue, like the first part of it, was written fourteen years ago, and then they returned to actually complete the story. So we are now brought to the ep- like the after the conclusion of that story, which wasn't even part of the original two thousand two one. It's I don't know where we are. Just just go with it. <laughs> but he sees Uncle Ben, who mysteriously says again, we are many. Again, I I don't know where they're getting this from. They're, I, I guess they're alluding to the Spider-Verse. I don't know if this is something that was a part of the original Spider-Clan. We'll never know. Well, I'm I think gonna enough to you, we're going to find out that Uncle Ben is actually part of the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> Responsibility is futile. Uh, Futile. <laughs> All right, sorry. So we get a, a big blue venom here to stop Peter, and she was just, for some reason here to keep him out of the temple at all costs. Again, no explanation. He just wants to stop him from going to the temple. They fight. They have a good little jump whoosh around, and when it looks like he's about to get knocked out, the other spiders come in, take care of Venom, and tell Peter to join them. And that's all we get. Alrighty. So, um. Now they are many. Mwah. Sorry. Yeah, for for that for that one little story, I'll just go ahead and give my opinion on it. I, I can't already tell. It was just it was very rushed. It just dropped you very much in media's res. No idea what kind of background. There's no refresher for anyone who had yeah. read it 14 years ago, or you know, in the time between, or anyone who has no idea who this is and yeah. is wondering why the heck. A spider biting Peter means his brother. 
<laughs> and random little things like that. So this is this wasn't a really uh, this wasn't a very friendly issue for the uninitiated. Exactly. But it, it it's not really going to go anywhere, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Then we jump to 1895. <laughs> yes, going to not just 1895. It is steampunk 1895. Steampunk. So we're there gonna go. have a steampunk Spider-Man. This is really what everyone was demanding. So we have a steampunk <laughs> Lady Spider, where we get a little introduction from her to crying how oh I'm a woman in Victorian times. Poor me, my life sucks. As she is preparing for the debate. <laughs> The debut of her season, which is essentially when women of when they reach a certain age, they're you know brought out and they have a big ball and they're introduced as available, you know, as essentially ripe for the picking. It's like, come you know, take suitors, find marriages, set up their futures. Essentially. Wait, hang, hang on a second now. Hang on a second. What's up? <clears throat> now she's in New York. Mm-hmm. So it's. But but she references Victorian times. This is now if you're in Britain, this is yes, like a, this is the Victorian era. But in America, this was like the Gilded Age. We do have that kind of yeah yeah. I see what you're saying. Which so, so they're trying to do steampunk, but they're trying to put it in the, in, in, the, New, in New, York, New York, which is. You have two completely different things going on there, yeah, especially when they're giving this whole this you know emerging feminist angle to it when it was completely it was barely even it barely even existed back at the you know in the 1890s. Yeah. So there's just not. I'll, I'll, I'll get to my little recap. This later. is like taking this is like taking two cool things because I like the Victorian era and I like the Gilded Age. You know, so but it's like taking two things that are really you know go great together, but don't or that go great as on themselves, but not together. Like steak and ice cream, you would never eat that in a bowl. <laughs> you know, it's not like a Reese's peanut butter cup, which is two things that are great and then are great together. No, this is like the opposite of the Reese's peanut butter. Cup. Yeah, mm. and I'm welcome sorry. to Steampunk. That's essentially let's throw every let's throw these cool things together and screw the rules. I like steampunk stuff. It's just it, it, it's all either Tesla or a different engine, and then that's it. Go. <laughs> Pretty much. That's like that's like every steampunk story right there. I just summed it up for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a on a, on a historical tangent. No, no, it, it was a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. So they're in a completely different location from you know, traditional Victorian England, and right. Well, yeah. So we're we're getting this little introduction to her, and she's being introduced for her big debut. When in the middle of this, they get attacked by apparently our steampunk Electro, who goes and kidnaps the mayor for reasons. Does steampunk Electro have a difference engine? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Really? What? It would clearly be Tesla. Come on. I'm so, I was just I'm joking. I'm sorry, Ash. I don't know that much about steampunk. I don't know if you just went dirty or wrong or something. I don't know what you did. I don't know. I was it's like you guys are talking in code when you talk steampunk with me. Steampunk stuff is cool. I've never read any of it. Well, it's not – you've been to conventions, Douglas. You've seen the con- – I know, and I'm just like, well, I don't understand what he is. Next. <laughs> wow. No sense anyway, in no. broadening my horizons and getting to know this cool thing that, that I, might take some I time to learn. Ask this, I almost hate to ask this question to Douglas, but did you like um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie? Uh, I guess. It was okay. It's widely panned, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, the only reason I'm asking is because there's there's sort of a steampunk element to that. Yeah, with, it was okay. With some of the characters. It's a hell of a way for Sean Connery to go out. Yes, Connery <laughs> could have gone out from a better note. Yeah, Trebuck. Yeah, okay. Trebuck. Oh, God. <laughs> now, this is the same girl that was in 2099, right? Yes, this is Lady Spider. Okay. This is her yeah. origin. This is her first appearance. Got it. Got it. In our anthology. Okay. But yeah, so um, the mayor gets kidnapped, and then we have our big reveal that she's Lady Spider, and she's here to fight crime and go save the mayor. So she fights Electro, and while and while she's fighting him, she kind of goes over her origin, where we find out you know she's she was bitten by a spider, but she didn't really get spider powers per se. So she's actually engineered her spider powers using her brilliant mind and her resources. Even you know, I'll try not to dwell too much on that. I'll save that for my recap. <laughs> Y'all are wondering what I'm going to say. <laughs> I do. I can't. You. This is a heck of a workout. What you? How you're going to insult her and take her down? I'm just trying to get through the synopsis first, and then we okay. can get to the the. the and then tear her apart. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So yeah, she's just going over her origin. She's like she has no spider powers. So I thought that was actually kind of interesting. She just kind of built herself. Uh, after the likeness of a spider with the the legs and it's not too clear like she has the webs essentially i i guess we're going for oh, okay no no i'm i'm getting sidetracked but yeah so she fights the uh ends up meeting the sinister six of this world which are called the six men of sinister here i like that <laughs> and we so it's craven doc ock uh, Green Goblin, Vulture, and Mysterio. And so I actually really like these designs, especially Mysterio with the diving helmet. That was really cool. <laughs> this was, that does cool. It was really cool. And then we have this weird little... Uh, this is where, The fight's pretty good for a while, and then we get this weird little battle of the sexes thing going on where Green Goblin essentially says she throws like a girl. And... Yeah. And I don't know if y'all... Did, did y'all read this too? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm look, looking at the caption, the ever-reliable aim of the female. <laughs> yes. Look at that quote. And then she retorts with the ever-reliable yeah. arrogance of the male, and I'm like... Yeah, that's but, not bad. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, battle of the sex is going on here. Right. But of course, she eventually, you know, ultimately saves the day and saves the mayor, and she introduces herself, you know, back to the punch, saying, I'm Lady Spider, you know, sky's the limit for me, you know, and I can go anywhere I want. Yeah. So, my take on this, I like I like Lady Spider. I do. That's to, to y'all surprise. I'm I'm sure. No, I like Lady Spider. Yeah, she's. she's oh, I thought you're. I thought you're gonna hate her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you made sound earlier like like you had some hot sports. Yeah. Like you were about to twist off. Yeah, you're about to go for the jugular. Yeah. When I first when I first read this, I was kind of had a knee jerk reaction just because she has this chip on her shoulder regarding just um, I guess the the gender. The gender roles at the time, mm-hmm. which, I mean, okay. How do I want to start with this? It's sad that every, it, uh, for whatever reason, every time Marvel has, or not every time, but like a lot of times when Marvel has like a, a story that centers around a girl, the battle of the sexes always come into play. Exactly. <laughs> which it's like, yeah. it's like if you want us to move past us, then stop putting it into everything. Yeah, which they're they it's not quite as obnoxious, you know, as it definitely could be, but it just really seems out of place given the time period they want to put in. Like, okay, you want to have steampunk Victorian 
feminist superhero spider lady. You can't, you can't wow. like pick pick two out of those three, but you can't have one. <laughs> yeah, gals are badasses in steampunk stuff. So you know. Yeah, absolutely, and just my my beef was you know she has this whole chip on her shoulder attitude regarding just you know being a woman, and that's just not the the. Feminism had been around not even for a century at the time. It, it, I think around the 1790s was when we first started having the you know the first writings that could be considered feminist. Yet apparently she has evolved to a point where oh we don't even know what she wants as far as women are concerned. But the big the big issue at the time regarding feminism was um whether women should be educated, and yet. She has, you know, these, these. She said she had three degrees, you know, and apparently advanced, you know, engineering and mechanics. And like, she is well ahead of, you know, any other, you know, any other woman in her, you know, any of her, um, uh, her contemporaries. Yeah, and her yeah. peers. She clearly has, you know, much more opportunity than they ever had if she has three degrees. When most women, you know, wouldn't even receive any kind of a. Uh, you know any kind of education, especially in the sciences. So it just it just strikes me as very odd to see her attitude and her background kind of juxtaposed together like right. that. So what would you what would your grade be for it? You think? Um, but well, I was going to say the grade for um the the very end because I've still oh, okay. got some more stories to go oh, over I'm, to. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, three, yes. well, I, I, oh, I, I thought we were grading each each little story. Oh, we're going to grade I, each little. Um, oh, well, that's okay. We can do it overall. That's fine if okay, you want. Yeah. Uh, do any, you want to go over pros and cons of what you liked? Uh, you kind of hit a lot of the pros. I think I kind of yeah did them all at once. Sorry. Yeah, but, um, it's okay. <laughs> pros. I, I do like um, Lady Spider. She's got an interesting design, interesting origin. It was all. I did like how it was all how it was paced and how everything was set up. Just the sequence of events. It was. Um, we actually got a nice introduction and good build-up while um, at the same time having a, a fair amount of action yeah. as opposed to the immediate res of the Spider-Clan where we are just given no background whatsoever. Here she actually explains, you know, how she got her power or you know, how she came across these abilities and why, you know, her motivations and everything. So we actually... An anthology is hard to grade, isn't it? I mean, it, it, yeah. the, varying quali- the varying quality of each story is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got we've got three more in this book. We've got a, a fruit pie one. You want to talk about that a little bit? The fruit pie. Oh, the, uh, the late, late the for late a date. For a date. Yes, it's just a, it's just a page long. It's going on about um pretty much playing a, 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 a not quite a satire, but just a joke about the old you know. Twinkies or Hostess ads that we'd see in Spider-Man, where he's, you know, he's like, "Oh, I've got these Hostess cakes," and then he gets attacked by a villain. And he's like, "Oh no, what do I do? Wait, I'll distract him with these." And the villain is distracted by how delicious and awesome the Hostess cakes are. And by now, and Spider-Man is able to uh, web them up, and you know, they're taken away and saves the day. But here, yeah, Morla was not impressed by f- tasty cakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not going to be distracted by Hostess. He only wants his spider totems. <laughs> exactly. So, which, it, it, it was kind of a clever setup. I think it would have been funnier if he had, actually, if they'd gone full force with the, the uh, in the spirit of the old advertisements and had him actually be distracted by the Hostess cakes. Like, oh. 
there's your. And then there's then there's another one. Yeah. Then uh, we have Penelope Parker, which okay. I call Spider Babies. This is, is Spider Babies, pretty much. Yeah, oh, in the same vein as like Muppet Babies or you know yeah. Looney Tune Babies. Don't get Brad which, started on the Muppet Babies. Don't get, <laughs> I love me some Muppet Babies. <laughs> you are playing with dynamite right now, actually. <laughs> the show will be derailed for an hour. Uh, Zach, did you fall down a well? What happened to Zach? How about now? Yeah, there you are. There you are. I, here, I wanted to hear you properly insult me. What'd you say? <laughs> you will derail the show for an hour with the Muppet Babies. Not as bad as you not being able to talk on the mic. Oh, <laughs> oh just boom, boom. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so essentially... Muppet Babies. <laughs> Spider Babies, which is apparently yes. uh, it's pretty much a gender swap of, you know, the original origin of Spider-Man. Except now we have a Spider-Girl, and instead of being a teenager, she's 11 years old. And the reason I call it Spider Babies is because, you know, we have these... Not just because we have the younger iterations of the characters, but everything's just much friendlier. The uh, She's not fighting crime or supervillain. She goes and... She's, her first act of heroism is saving Flash from... Somehow he climbed on top of this big statue and he fell off and he's just being a dumbass. But she saves him. <laughs> Seriously, I was wondering, it's like, okay, you see this big, like, 30-foot-tall, you know, arc. I'm going to go climb it. Yes. And their teacher is Mrs. Craven. Yeah, their teacher, the, Miss Craven. Yeah. But yeah, we ha- Who has leopard print skirt. <laughs> and, and the cute little sweater with the kittens on it. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we just have the... Uh, a, a gentler tone. It's like, you know, we have the villains introduced, but they're just making harmless cameos instead of actually posing a threat. It's like, she's the teacher instead of an actual bad guy here. So that, that, that's just pretty much the story. It's just the origin. She goes back. She actually... Well, I, I liked this a lot. She actually goes and tells Aunt May, hey, I have spider powers now, instead of keeping it a secret. So I'm like, that's something that's really different, you know, with your typical, you know, Parker origin story. Do you think that's uh, interesting that we have a female voice on this side? Can I actually ask this question? Do you think if a female is more likely to tell their mom uh, something like this as opposed to a boy telling their mom about this? I don't know. Uh, it, it really depends because I'm, I'm looking at. I, I know. I, yeah. I think I brought this up when um uh, the last time I was talking about Miss Marvel. Uh-huh. And how there's this one moment where she wants to oh, that's right. yeah. confide in her mother. But at that point, she chooses not to. She's like, I can never do this because she knows that she would be too worried about her because um, Kamala is actually out there fighting crime. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I think they pulled this off with Penelope is I think because she's, she's younger and they yeah. really just covered the, spy, the the superpowers, not the crime fighting. So, right. I do think huh. the compulsion is there much more um, in, in a female character as opposed to a male character. But I right. think the situations and the you know the environment are going to ultimately decide whether they actually act on that or I like that she has a little tutu with her costume. I think that's yes, kind of cute. Her failed <laughs> her her tutu from her fa- failed ballerina class and the leg warmers from her failed gymnastics class and Right. Did you like this one? I adored it. It was really <laughs> cute. It was I, I think it had the potential to be a flop, but just everything was just so darn cute, and Penelope is adorable, and 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Just, it was just very sweet and, I don't know, very harmless, but still kind of captured. I think it still managed to capture just a little bit of, you know, the, the Spider-Man essence, just going out, helping people, you know, even if you're scared. It's yeah. essentially the main message they tried to put across in this story. So it, it was really sweet and really cute. Now, the last story is the one that was my favorite, which was in the Spider-Man newspaper strip universe. Yes, this was... Yeah. This one was it was pretty clever. You essentially have yeah. Peter and Mary out for a picnic, and they're saying it's like, "Oh, this is so nice, you know, we're out on this picnic." And suddenly, Moreland comes and attacks them, and they're like, "Oh, who's this freak?" And then it keeps. I, th- I think the joke is it keeps restarting since it's the newspaper yeah. strip, and so it keeps they keep reverting back to, "Oh, we're on a picnic. Oh, how dare you!" And they keep essentially spouting the same two um, bubbles of dialogue. <laughs> At which point Moreland realizes what's going on. He's like, "Wait, something's wrong here," you know. And the um, the spider weaver, the, the master weaver, actually comes in and saves the universe. He he tells Moreland that he's uh, that the universe was unstable and collapsed. But uh, when he actually saved it and kept it in its own little pocket where it would be safe and and protected and where it could stay, you know, pretty much. Un, uh, unsullied from the rest of the Spider-Verse. So, Which is how us Spider-Fans like Exactly. So, <laughs> so the message here is, if you're getting tired of Spider-Verse, just go back to the newspaper. No doubt. I like that. There's no short-term memory in this dimension. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a clever little idea, and I, I liked how yeah. not only did they, did they kind of push... It, it was more than a, just a, a clever little set up the way the advertisement was, the way that joke was. And they actually, we actually got to see a little more of the Master Weaver, who I'm starting to get more interested in. He, And this was his act of rebellion. So I'm like, yes, you know, we have this Master Weaver character who holds, you know, the the threads of the web of, you know, the web of life and destiny, I think they call it. He just holds these threads in his hands and he can control them at a whim. But apparently he's at the, you know, under the subjugation of the inheritors. So. I think there are just some interesting things going on with him, and we finally got to right. see a little more. So my overall grade for this, I think, would be, um, with all these anthologies together, I would say a B+. Cause yeah. as, as bad as the Spider-Clan was, as conflicted as I was about Lady Spider, just the Penelope Parker really sold it for me, along with the other little side things thrown in there. So I think it was, is it worth $5? No, but it's definitely, I don't know, pick it up, you know, five years from now, maybe, when it's gone on sale. In the, in the dollar bin for the, the newspaper strip and Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when your comic store starts doing, you know, 50% off for back issues, go pick it up then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, let's talk about let's, let, let's talk about clones with Scarlet Spiders number one, Zach. That's Ooh, right up your alley. Scarlet's... Okay. So, by the way, actually, Scarlet Zach Spiders. is the for, foremost uh, expert on the Clone Saga. All right. Yeah, he, he's the biggest I, uh... Clone Saga fan you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm that guy that went out and bought all twelve parts of the trades. You know, like when they came out. Um, but uh, no, I uh, here's the thing about the, about the, uh, to kind of give everybody a little bit of background. In um, in Amazing Spider-Man, the three three of the clones, um, Ben Riley, Kane, aka Scarlet Spider, and um, uh, Jessica Drew, who is Ultimate Spider-Woman, who is a 
clone of Peter Parker that was turned into a female um, all get together and go on this secret mission, which entails... <clears throat> which is what this three-issue miniseries will entail, this secret mission. Now, um, so I also have to specify, Ben Riley is dressed as Spider-Man, but he was also the person that created the, well, sort of created the Scarlet Spider persona. When I say sort of, he was named Scarlet Spider by somebody else. Anyway, moving on. So we, uh, we get to our issue itself, which, um, let me, uh-oh. I uh, lost my notes. Just a second. <laughs> Sorry, I'm nervous. Why am I Where did they go? I don't know why. <laughs> they You've go? been on this show since 2006. You shouldn't be nervous. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> That's the sad part. It's like, what? Why am I nervous? Okay, anyway. You're going to be a father. That's why. <laughs> I, you know too. what? <laughs> I, it is the most rewarding and yet terrifying thing in the entire world. Because I, I thought we were doing New Warriors. Next, and that's where my no. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping are. it Spider Verse ish. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so basically, I'm, I'm going to kind of keep the synopsis short and to the point. Basically, yeah. the the three Scarlet Spiders are tasked to infiltrate one of the one of one of the main dimensions in um, Spider Verse that actually is the, the clone dimension. So they're they're tasked to. to to infiltrate a dimension that is full of essentially clones of people themselves, and they're trying to keep uh, keep a low profile until they run into Tony Stark. Now Tony Stark, of course, attacks because this is opposite day, and well, <laughs> Tony Stark's <laughs> that guy <laughs> attacks the three Scarlet Spiders. They eventually capture him. Now, after they capture him, they you know. Um, they actually dis- uh, Ben disguises himself as Tony Stark, and, they, and they're trying to go to the main headquarters where they encounter a Johnny Storm, and that's where the issue ends. Now, I kept that brief and to the point because I didn't want to go too long. But what I loved about this this book is the absolutely great artwork. Um, I'm telling you, it's some of the better artwork I've seen. Throughout the, uh, for a especially for a spinoff miniseries, Paco and, Diaz um, is the artist. Yes, Paco Diaz yeah. does a really great job. I I I, I actually like um, that Jessica Drew has become the Black Widow and not just Spider Woman. She's starting mm-hmm. to come, become more of her own character. Now I didn't like that Ultimates book that you guys hated so much. I do remember that <laughs> from listening yeah, that was to the older the episodes. I've ever read. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's saying something, Douglas. But yeah. here's the thing: I, I like her. I like her outfit, and like I like how she's depicted here. She is smart. She is. Um, you can tell that in in her universe, she was trained by Captain America, and they talk about that. I like that Ben is eternally optimistic throughout the entire book. He he never really loses cool. And Kane Kane, well, Mister Kane. He's just such a such a. He's not a jerk, but he is a jerk. He, he's just so determined. He just wants to go in, and do his job, and get out. He, he, you know, he was. A, his, historically, he was a mercenary, and that's what he, you know, that's what he does. And I like one of the one of the things I also like is that they kind of reference the fact that he that Ben kind of had his big time era moment because the Scarlet Spider suit is the Tron suit. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um. The, remember the Tron oh, yeah, suit? The the Tron, yeah, I remember the Tron suit, yeah. 
So Frostsuit and Big Time could like uh, turn turn Spider Man invisible. Yeah. And Kane stole that suit during um, Spider Island. And so mm-hmm. Ben actually references the fact that he created that suit in his world. He actually says, um, if that suit's as powerful as I think it is, then it'll work just fine. And so they <laughs> they get this cockamamie plan, and it blows up in their faces when Kane, who is unmasked, is recognized as Peter Parker at the end of the issue. And so that's where the issue ends. I, I personally would give this a B. A B? A B. A B because it wasn't perfect, but it, I, <clears throat> I thoroughly enjoyed – sorry about me clearing my throat. I thoroughly enjoyed the story. Yeah. You're also happy to see Ben back, <laughs> I would imagine. I, I'm i telling you, yeah. I every single appearance, whether it be in Amazing or in this book or in um, the Ed Spider-Verse book that yeah. he also appeared in, that all those appearances really have been true to the character. And I like the fact that this guy, that the writers – went back and did their research and got yeah. the, the voice of the character right. That's cool. So, yeah. Any cons from the book? Um, I, not really. I mean, I'm not going to, yeah. I can't really pinpoint a con. Um, I think the, 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 Come uh, <laughs> the, the, the villain of the book kind of looks ridiculous, but yeah, that's, part, that's just, yeah, yeah, that's, Kind of part. Yeah, all the all those people look weird. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. I, I, like I say, you know, you guys reference the, the are they clones or whatever. That I think the whole point of this story is to kind of shed more light on what the answering to that question. Yeah. All right, we've got two more Spider Verse ones. We've got Spider Woman number one and Spider Verse team up. Ashley, how about you go on the Spider Woman? Okay. One. Before, you, before you get into it, what do you think of Spider Spider Woman's new outfit? Yeah, that was just revealed. What do you think of that, Ashley? Wait, Spider Woman's new outfit? Yeah, look on the front page of the crossface. They're giving her a more realistic, you know, Batgirl look. <laughs> oh, like the the new Batgirl they did. Let's Basically, they just. Took that and changed colors around and kind of took and gave her sunglasses that apparently turn into a little bit larger mask, which doesn't do anything to hide her face. Yeah, good luck hiding your face on that one. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there, are there any different pictures, or is it just this one where she's hanging upside down? We can only see her torso. Uh, if you click on the USA Today uh, link, I think right. has more. Because of course it was USA Today, because they're the official PR arm of Marvel. There's another uh, link there. Well, they, <laughs> USA Today and Comic Book Resources. Yeah, I think like in the, in the mainstream news media, they all get. It seems like them and Entertainment Week, like with comics, it seems like USA Today always gets the scoops. And with like the movies, it's Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, there's a bunch of different images on the USA Today one. I don't know what to think about this little trend of giving them, you know, more modern fashionista looks, almost. I, I, I say go to hell with this trend. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what happened, it's like, okay, I get maybe they're trying to make it more, um, I guess, more sensitive and not trying to be, because, uh, you know, people do take offense that, you know, the skin-tight spandex adhering to every single little divot and curve of their body, which, you know, I can get. Yeah, but it but, does that on guys, too. 
Exactly, yeah. It does the same thing on, you have the painted on look. But what I don't like about it, how does it make them superheroes? Like, you know, superheroes, like, part of the big thing is, you know, their appearance, their costume, and the fact that they don't look like everyone else. This looks like someone going to, I don't know. She looks like someone cosplaying or, you know, going to. Or just going out or, you know, over, like, I don't know, Harajuku in Japan or something. Just this big emphasis on fashion, accessories, and style. I don't know. I don't think it's horrible, but it's not as good as the original. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible, really? This is, this is what I wrote on the message board, Brad. I'm going to read this. All right. She can glide, pick up small cars and throw them, shoot bioenergy out of her hands, and hit you with pheromones. So, yes, by all means, let's give her a realistic urban costume. <laughs> and then I said, then I go on and I said, screw it. I want the Fantastic Four just to wear jeans now. Just jeans and tank tops that have three plus one written on them. <laughs> because that's chip or something. And maybe Sue can look heroin chic or something. And Reed should have bed hair 24 <laughs> 7. That's the thing about superheroes. And Brad, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about the big brouhaha over Spider Woman's ass <laughs> on that cover, remember? Yes, Do you not think that this is the overreaction to that? It is. I, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think that you're that you're hitting the nail on the head. The reaction there was less on her costume and more on the pose. So yeah. I, I think it's just a, an attempt overall to be more sensitive and less of less but the, offensive. But the, when yeah, but the, no yeah, but Spider-Man's been in that exact same pose himself. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I but, know that was brought up. Uh, yeah, and and. You know they 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 do the same thing with the guys that they do with the with the gals. Mm-hmm. You know they are they are hyper physique. I guess is Except a good term. I don't, the guys know. aren't getting their little hipster remake. So well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Hawkeye kind of got one, didn't he? I mean, but it, it's just, this is the thing, though. I mean, they're they're like for modern day for like comic book readers, modern day. These are like our our Greek gods, you know, and goddesses. You know, mm-hmm. this is. They are idealized. You know, they are mythic. They are they are larger than life. They should look that, not like you know, like someone I could run into on the street. Exactly, and you know? I mean the the idea of flashy, over the top costumes goes back all the way to you know, um, you know, Renaissance theater where they'd have to use you know more. Um, I, I not they want to use flashy. And in that sense of the word, but it'd be um, you know over the top costumes and accessories to get across the idea of what this character was, right? And to show that they're to distinguish them from um, from all the different characters. Yeah, so that's I, something I just, that's carried across in any kind of sense of you know costume. That's something that we we've continued ever since then. So why try and make them more you know hip and urban when you're kind of taking away from them one of the things that visually identifies them as superheroes in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know why we cool. can't, I mean, like, we're, we're talking about people who have, I mean, just stupid, incredible powers and things that they can do. Why do they have to look like normal people? Why do they have to look like they're going to work? To make them more relatable. No, that's bullshit. It's, it's, like, it's like we're doing a whole <laughs> little incredible feel here where it's like, oh, everyone's special. What makes them relatable is the relationships and the things that they have to go through on emotional levels. I, I, seriously, I mean, I, other than that, I mean, I can't. I've never, you know, I, I've never had to be able to relate to Spider-Man to enjoy his stories because I have no frame of reference for being able to pick up a city bus <laughs> and throw it a block at some guy's head. You know? Yeah. 
<laughs> I just, although I, you've wanted to. I know you've I, wanted to. On, on a sense, I can't relate to him because of that. You know? It makes it impossible <laughs> for me to relate to Superman. You know, because I'm not bulletproof yeah. and I can't burn shit with my eyes. <laughs> you can't simply decide that you know how to solve complex mathematical we're, we're getting off track a little bit. Let's get yeah, back to Spider Woman. I just don't me, want to talk me. about Spider Woman. He's <laughs> dragging me back into it. <laughs> oh, but it's got, your, it's got your favorite. He's like Pacino in Godfather 3. Yeah. It's got your favorite co star. Yes, uh, Silk. Uh, uh, that's uh, what I want to hear. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah, yeah, Zach, this, you have to hear. <laughs> this is what I've gotten myself into with that little. Pretty thing. much tears silk apart. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So I'm about to start <laughs> clapping and in, in approval. You can't call in sick to the review. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most diseased podcast in the history. <laughs> yeah. Doubt this one with gloves. <laughs> we will have to be wearing full, uh, you know. This is what Silk does. Ebola-proof stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Okay, so I'll, I'll try and keep a brief, concise synopsis because there are a lot of things I want to talk about in this issue. But basically, we're continuing from, um, again, from the little choose your own adventure split off from Amazing 10, where um, Silk decided she was going to be the bait and lure everyone away from, or lure the inheritors away from the rest of the group so they could get away and continue their story. And Spider Woman and Turtleneck, which I guess is what we're going to call him now, the. <laughs> Uh, from uh, the more yeah, Peter, who again, <laughs> I, I guess turtleneck is. We don't have a we don't have a, a six armed Peter for him, so he'll just be turtleneck. I'm sorry. Um, they go off after Silk, and we open with them, and it's kind of this weird world, which I honestly have no idea where they're at. But they're just kind of wandering, you know, getting away, and trying to hide from the inheritors. But of course, you know, they get found by these. Uh, the, the twins. I'd, I'd forgotten that they're even a part of the group, but you know we have twins now, and so they run away from the uh, from this new set of inheritors. But unfortunately, uh, Noir Peter or Turtleneck, whatever, gets <laughs> caught in the uh, Turtleneck Pete. Turtleneck, turtleneck <laughs> Pete meets Six Arm Pete. <laughs> Actually, I think I think I would rather call him Grim Dark Pete because that's really good. <laughs> Grim, Grim Dark Pete. <laughs> We're going with Noir. Oh my god. Does that make uh, Spider Monkey like uh, like uh, Chimpy Pete? <laughs> they call him Chimpy Pete. And Spider Ham uh, Porky Pete? Porky Pete. Porky I love Pete. that. That's seen in... So Porky Pete, Spider Ham, and and uh, Six Arm Pete, and Turtleneck Pete walk into a bar. No. <laughs> we, sh- we should have every. We should come up with nicknames for every for every version of Peter in this, and just call it something Pete. Yep. <laughs> British Pete. Pita bread. Oh, I'm, that's it. I'm done. What's some nicknames for Silk, Ashley? Um, <laughs> I haven't Pete. quite condensed it down to a nickname yet. More just no. ideas. Uh, uh, m- so. Maybe Ho? No. <laughs> I do have a nickname for one of the uh, one of the ones from uh, Amazing Eleven. I can't wait to uh, bring that oh, up. Okay. So. Um, anyways, so... Turtleneck Pete, I guess is what we're going with. <laughs> he gets caught by the inheritors, and he almost meets the same fate as his cohort, Six-Armed Pete. But thankfully, oh, it looks like Silk. I'll give Silk a point for this. She saved him. He's one of my favorite Spider-Man. So you get that. I'll concede that point to, to Silk. All right. Of course he does. <laughs> because mm-hmm. he saves everybody because he's awesome. <laughs> uh, Just uh-huh. ask her. 
Oh, okay. So they end up going back to the 90214 universe, which... <laughs> Okay, we called the the sixties universe, you know, the sixty six universe, and we had the ninety five. Why can't this be like the 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 thirty three universe? Why is it nine hundred two one four? That's like my oh well, that that's actually like my there's legitimate or something. No, you have, you a, have an answer. There is a legitimate explanation on oh. those universe numbers. What they do is, you know how 616 is supposed to be uh, six, uh, 6 of 61? They take oh. they take the, the parts of the year and the month of which it was produced and, per, and make the numbers that way. So that's why. Okay. <laughs> it still dumb. sounds like a, a Fox I, sitcom or a uh, teen yeah, drama. It, yeah, it, it does like sound like a teen drama. Yes, it sounds like they kind of gave up on that that uh, little formula exactly. with their uh, the ninety five and the sixty six. Just like I love the ninety four, so you know I'm a I'm a Matt, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to the Noir universe. They get um, they get Turtle Mike Pete taken care of, and they try and patch him up. <laughs> and at this point, Silk has a brilliant decision to run off on her own because. Oh, she heard. She just couldn't handle the truth that she's a pain in the ass to everyone, and so she's <laughs> like, "You know what? Fine, I'll go run away and be on my own, and hopefully get killed off." But no, 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 no. you know I, what I would have really loved if somebody had said, "You can't handle the truth," just like Jack Nicholson. Right? <laughs> yeah, because still can't handle the truth. Never. Because she hopped in the in the portal or whatever because she didn't listen. And now she she's in the portal with this team and she doesn't listen again. Mm-hmm. She's well, just we a rebel. Well, she's, a she's a dumbass. She's a dumbass. I think uh, one of my biggest problems with this issue was, okay, at first, you know, we have Jessica. She was like everything I, I, I wanted to be. She was saying the things I wanted to be said about Bill. She's like, oh, this girl is so annoying. Oh, my God, she can't focus. You know, why the hell am I with these amateurs? Which point, why is All she right. calling... Why is she calling Turtleneck Pete an amateur? He's seeing things that she will, she just can't even imagine. That is a gruesome hand that he's been dealt. Why are you calling him an amateur? I don't get it. You know what? <laughs> at the end of all this, I'm hoping that Noir and Lady Spider kind of hook up and go off on Aww. their own thing. Because they're kind of similar. In a way, yeah, but Felicia has dibs, so she can back off. So I, I actually like, like <laughs> Noir Spider. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Really well, that's how I actually got into Spider-Man, right? Yeah, yeah. That he was—he was, he was yeah, that yeah. the first Spider-Man oh, wow. I read. Yeah, so awesome. I know that you remember him. It's not like Spider-Clan. <laughs> Did you ever play Shattered Dimensions? Yes. The video game. Yes. Okay, cool. That—that that was like my introduction AKA. to noir. AKA the best Spider-Man video game of all time. Pretty AKA much. AKA the best, the best uh, Dan Slott written thing in the past five years. Oh, Dan Slott wrote give that. You, yeah. Oh. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the shock. <laughs> I can see it. Oh, Zach, this is why she's awesome. <laughs> well, she's done a very, very good job. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, back to my problem with Jessica. She's saying all the things that I wanted to be said about Silk. I'm like, yes, we're finally bringing up some of the criticisms of her character that need to be addressed. 
And then what does she do? She goes right back around. She says, oh, I was just really mad and stressed when I said all that. I'm sure she's really sweet, and I want to spend time with her, and we could all oh have a little girls. And I'm like, oh, my God. Quit your little, quit trying to put together your little sisterhood and just have all your little girls band together because they're girls. You know, girls cannot like each other either. So quit trying to pull sisterhood. <laughs> this is Jessica with the traveling spider pants. <laughs> this, is, this is Jessica Drew, like who has been a double agent, who is like deep in espionage and has been a private detective, but now she wants to go get her nails did <laughs> and her hair did with uh, with, uh, with the, the new girl. Oh my God. Is I this w- not an agenda? I wish I had a cyanide tooth right now. Mm. <laughs> George. George. So it's just like, oh, you know, we can... She, she doesn't really mean all that about Silk. She's just she's just a sweetheart, and her heart's in the right place. And gosh darn it, she's just so lovable. Uh, no. Oh, uh, my God. It's a hard knock life. Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> oh, I, w- I was pulling my hair when I got to, the, uh, to, the, to that part. Yeah. And... Yeah, what she said specifically is on any other day we'd all love her to pieces. Oh, I'm like, okay, well. that no, 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 we hate her right now, and, and not because <laughs> she is running around and there, 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 there are many other reasons, and she's not not because she's getting in the way, but because she's just terrible overall. What I was going to call her in this issue was she's like yeah. a. One of those sidekick characters written for a straight-to-video Disney sequel. That's that's the level of character development we're dealing with here. Like the obvious marketing character. Uh, like you know, know the the next the next uh, toy on the McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> Maybe not even that. We're talking like straight-to-video sequel here. Well, what would it take you to pick up the Silk Ongoing? <laughs> oh, um, a gun. An unhealthy, <laughs> an unhealthy dose of masochism. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know. You uh, you didn't read New Warriors. Oh, man. Oh. Man, that was bad. Oh, brother. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll be reviewing the Silk uh, ongoing, evidently. Cause I'm, oh, damn. Uh, I'm so looking forward. I'm a masochist, oh, evidently. <laughs> yes, you are, Douglas. And by the way, you will yeah. soon know how bad New Warriors is. Oh, it's Soon you up. will know. <sighs> But, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Where, that, I think it was a fairly solid issue yeah. with, without the the severe detractions just as far as the characters and those interactions are concerned. We get to, um, we get, I, I think most of the focus is on Noir Peter, Turtleneck Peter, and and not decided yet. <laughs> and so, uh, the, thing, the thing is, it's uh, what I thought is it's, it's similar fate to what uh, regular 616 Peter has to face. Uh, Jessica is sharing her book with a ton of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man oh, has okay, to share yeah. a lot of people. I mean, this is launching a new Jessica Drew book, and she's not in it. You know, you don't really I mean, launch books at Marvel anymore that are just about one character. I guess Sleepwalker could come back, and li- literally there'd be fifteen other people in the book with him. <laughs> He's in Fantastic Four, by the way. Oh, is he? That makes yeah. me want to rush out and get it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sleepwalker. Here, hang on. I'm going to go do that okay. right now. Douglas, Douglas, you're the only what? one that likes Sleepwalker. I know, and I'm the only one that likes Sleepwalker in the 90s. I'm so sorry. Did but. you like Terror, Inc. too? Don't answer that. Did you buy Super Pro number one? I did, because Spider-Man was on the cover. <laughs> God almighty. Drawn by John Romita Sr., by the way. It was. Or no, was it Ron Friends? One of the Ron two. Friends. It was Ron Friends. Ron, Ron <laughs> Friends, okay. I'm sorry, Ash, go, go ahead. No, oh. no, you know, I actually kind of forgot that it was supposed to be relaunching Spider-Woman, her own book. So, yeah, we do have that kind of 
eh, they're just, it, it's just, it's not so much Spider-Woman number one of this Spider-Verse, you know, 5.2, whatever they're, you know, they're just trying to cram everything into this, and while... Spider-Women number one. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's certainly more palatable than the, the, than the current Amazing line, and it's, um, not nearly as jam-packed as far as, you know, the characters and rushing, you know, these, these encounters with the villains, it, it is able to take its time just a little more, yeah. but it's not really strong enough to stand on its own. Right. So what's your grade? What do you um, think? C plus. Okay. All right, we've got one last Spider-Verse. Zach, you've got that one. That's Spider-Verse Team-Up. Ah, uh, yes. Spider-Verse yeah. Team-Up. Now, the Team-Up books have... <laughs> Are you a supervillain two... now? What the hell? <laughs> he is. He's twirling his stash. Hey, I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a pretty epic beard plus the stash going on right now. But, How about um, a cat? Not a cat. <laughs> I don't have cats. Oh, work on that. He does have a dog named Ben. Benji from uh, yes. the, Ben, ben uh, the Clone. <laughs> I, you can you can't tell that I like clones or <laughs> anyway, but uh, yes. So there's two. These team up books have two stories in them. Now um, the first story is called or, Power of Positive Thinking. Yeah, Power of Positive Thinking. Now this is the one that stars Ben Riley and Spider Pig, aka the Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider Ham. I said Spider Pig. Shouldn't have said Spider Pig. I know. That's terrible. And, uh, spider pig, spider, spider pig. pig does whatever a spider pig does. Anyway, so <laughs> and old- <laughs> what? She says spider pig sizzles. I like that. Are you are you a fan of bacon, Ashley? Hmm, I wonder. Oh, there you go, George. You have that in common now. I know. I've already said I would adopt her. <laughs> oh my well, uh, good luck sharing bacon. I don't share. Okay. So, oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's proper. That's right. No one. No one should. If you're sitting there with a plate of bacon and someone reaches across to grab a piece, they, could, they should lose a hand. <laughs> They're losing that hand. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's mom, granddad, whoever. No. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, a fight. To the Sorry, death we got hand. distracted by bacon. Go ahead. Okay. And also, old man Spider-Man. Now we. Um, old man Spider-Man. It, Old Man Spider-Man, which... Has he been a real Geriat- old man? Geriatric Pete? Yeah. Geriatric, geriatric Pete. Pete. Yeah. He's not Pete. Geriatric Zeke. Yeah, he was already old. Anyway, um, so The Power of Positive Thinking is written by Christos Gage. Dave Williams is the penciler. And Dexter Vines. Now, the start of the issue opens up with Ben Riley. Fighting the vulture, and you may think this is in the past in 1995, but no, it's actually in the present because we get to see vomiting vulture. Yay! No. Yes, the vomiting vulture yeah. plus the Voltrons, uh, and um, for some reason, the uh, <laughs> one of the I don't know who the guy in black is. Is that supposed to be like the modern modern vulture? There's like several different versions of the vulture. Yeah, he's. I don't know who that is either. He looks. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to eat people, you know, that's kind of kind of his shtick. But anyway, Ben <laughs> is getting attacked by the Voltrons. It looks like is that is that Bla- uh, Blackie Blackie Draco? The uh, second vulture? I think it is. Anyway, so there's a bunch of vultures attacking Ben Riley. Yeah. Every vulture ever is yeah, attacking we, Ben Riley. Hey, which oh, are we going with the Noir vulture too? That's ugh. that's uh, who it is. That, isn't that the yes. isn't that, that the, the Noir? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the noir vulture, yes. A look at, look at Ashley busting out her knowledge on us right now. Okay, so, anyway, so um, Ben, of course, is saved by Old Man Spider-Man and Spider-Ham. After they have dispatched the uh, the Volch riots, or Volch, well, I don't know what to call these guys. Anyway, after, after they've dispatched the Vultures. The Vultures, plural. Yeah, yeah plural. <laughs> vultures. Um, they discuss yeah. what's going on with Ben. Of course, throughout throughout the discussion, the vultures keep trying to fight with with Ben and the guys, and they keep getting their butts kicked because it's like it's like it's just dude, just stay down. That's all you got to do is stay down. Needless to say, they have they convince Ben that it's time to uh, join the fray, and of course, it's continued in Spider Verse. It's only about eight pages long, but it has one of my favorite lines, and I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna read the the, the particular line. It's from Old Man Spider Man. He says, "An hour ago." Or, let me go that one. An hour ago. <laughs> Four score and seven spiders oh, ago. Man, are we going to do, are we gonna do uh, readings yeah. for these comics, too? Feel oh, free, no. yeah. <laughs> Feel free to quote them. Yes. Oh, anyway. So Spider Pig is, says, get a load of him. I've seen puppies more jaded than that guy. He's not even close to having his game face on. We should find another version of him. That's had a time <laughs> I love you're doing your spider pig voice. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you like my spider pig voice? That was uh, oink, oink. Yeah, go ahead. Anyway, so, and then, and then of course, old man spider man, which I will do in my geriatric voice. And I was, right, oh, I would have agreed with you, but now I'm not so sure. He overcame the paralysis when neither of us could because <laughs> of optimism. <laughs> <laughs> There might be things he can do just because he doesn't see losing as a possibility. He'll <laughs> <laughs> rush into the lion's den, confident it'll all be over. It's like hurting Jimmy Stewart. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that particular line was my favorite because I think it describes Ben. As a fan of Ben, as a person that always has said that Ben as Spider-Man was one of my favorite parts of the Clone Saga, that to me is what truly describes Ben. And it's core Peter Parker. It's his optimism, and yeah. um, so that's that. That was favorite. I'm sorry. Are we talking about clones? I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what happened? Uh, Ashley yeah. George hates clones. Oh. <laughs> George hates Clone Saga. Anyway, yes. but uh, that ends the story because we are then met with the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, omnipotent being of Peter Parker with the uh, Enigma Force. That's how the issue ends, because they're in the safe zone. Anyway, so we go to New York City in 2014, where Peter Parker, with the hairiest hand known to man, is lying. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you come with that? That was awesome. (laughs) What the hell? Harry Hand Pete. <laughs> Harry Hand Pete. Hand Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh Harry Hand Pete. Nah. There's so much to think we'd take it with that. Anyway, <laughs> he's uh, dying in the hospital bed. I told you that's what would happen. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> by the way, this one's written by Spider Legend, Roger Stern. Roger Stern wrote this. He wrote Harry yeah. Hand Pete. Hairy-handed Pete. Truly <laughs> <laughs> a legacy to be proud of. <laughs> anyway, so so uh, Aunt May and Uncle Ben are lying and lying and or they're not lying. They're actually seeing Peter Parker lying in the hospital bed. And meanwhile, Six Arms, he's back. And Noir, Six Arm Pete, Six Arm Pete, 
and noir. And turtleneck or, feet. Turtleneck feet. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, Good six song. arms and turtleneck feet. Yeah. Six arms and turtleneck feet are looking in, <laughs> having a moral discussion of how <laughs> how damn the, hairy that hand is. What to do? Because you know he's not posing a threat, and he's just waiting to be you know eaten alive. Yeah. Needless yeah. to say, then uh, um, both turtleneck and six arms spider sense go off because well, hairy handed Pete's about to become hairy everywhere else. <laughs> Were- werewolf Pete? <laughs> he becomes, no, he's he becomes, turning into a tarantula Pete or something. He is he is becoming the Spider-Man from uh, the 1994 cartoon where <laughs> he shows Joe up Joe and becomes... Jojo the Spider-Boy? No, yeah. no, Spider... Any Spider... What, what, what is he? Spider... Man uh, Spider. Man Spider. Yeah, made, made an action figure out of him, yeah. yeah. They made like three action figures. Brad and Brad, they made a damn action figure out of everything. That's true. That didn't narrow it down. But they never made one out of hairy-handed Pete. I'll tell you right now, boy. <laughs> What's his special power, yeah? Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ashley. I, I, I totally saw that. Anyway, um, so needless to say, hairy-handed Pete becomes man-spider. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You know, if Brad wasn't laughing, I could get through this review. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's not going to happen. Every time you say Harry handed uh, Pete, Brad's going to giggle. <laughs> like a little girl. Oh, we got a snort out of Ashley. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, We're not getting through this at all. Oh, hell. Okay. I'm going to leave that alone for a bit. I'm only on page four. Sad part of this story. I know. We're only on page four. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I haven't done a single review. <laughs> no. So Turtleneck... Go ahead. Turtleneck Pete okay. is trying to reason with him to talk to him, but all, all uh, Man Spider can say is... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I am just muting. Because Zach is not going to be able to get through I, this. I'm muted. I quit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm out. I'm so sorry, listeners. Anyway, um... We but, killed uh, Ashley. Are you happy? <laughs> we killed <laughs> Ashley. Oh, my God. She's been on one month and we killed her. All right, so anyway, so... Um, so six be, stop calling him hairy-handed Pete. Oh, yes, For God's sir. sake. Uh, okay. No, don't. No, it's hilarious, but we'll never... We'll, we'll be talking about this an hour from now. Anyway, so uh, Six-Armed Pete uh, tries to do everything he can to distract Man-Spider, who is not known as that one name. (laughs) So, anyway, needless to say, Six-Armed Pete finally gets... Now he's Voldemort. (laughs) We've turned him into Voldemort. We can't say his name. Oh, my God. This is a dark day. (sighs) Have mercy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, go ahead. I'm so uh, sorry. We're getting through this. A six-armed Pete injects the uh, the magic serum that he was making <clears throat> to try and cure him of his condition into Pete, which ultimately takes away his spider powers, making him completely normal. They lay Pete down on a, on a web sack, and he... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. They 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 make a wet bed for him, and uh, 
the uh, Ant-Man Uncle Ben find him on the roof, and he's completely cured of his condition. This ultimately protects Peter of this universe from ever having spider powers, meaning he is completely spared from the totems. And that's how the story ends, because the Parkers finally have a happy ending. Do you think we'll ever see <coughs> hair handed Pete again? No. <laughs> not after uh, this review. <laughs> I'm so sorry to Peter. That's uh, to Rogers uh, oh. calling his character. <laughs> well, I'll just uh, one more time. So, hairy handed Pete. What would you give <laughs> the, the grade for the for that one or for both stories? I'm going to. Okay. We have a book at a one grade. It's going to be an A, despite the oh, fact yeah. that that because uh, I like I like the story with despite the fact that we got so totally sidetracked on Harry Hannah Pete. Um, I liked both. They were both they both A served their purpose and B they were enjoyable enough. They were enjoyable enough moments for me to actually like. Them. So that was that was an A for me. Is that a higher grade than the uh, the Scarlet Spiders? <sighs> Yes, because I actually liked that we actually saw a little bit of Ben's world more, as opposed to uh, the the first story. To me, yes, this was set up, but it actually somewhat told a story. Scarlet Spiders kind of was felt like more of a setup story to set up more things down the road, mm-hmm. as just telling one complete story, but then taking you to the next part, the next yeah. chapter of that story. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Cool. All right, uh, let's see. We're going from one event to another for this next one. Uh, I've got a couple I'll read. Uh, Axis, number five. I I skipped the previous four because Spider-Man didn't do anything in uh, the previous four. But in issue five of Axis, uh, he actually did something. This one's written by Rick Remender. Terry Dodson on pencils. Mm. And Terry Dodson, uh, you know, from the Marvel Knights Spider-Man, which was a classic. I love that. So the plot... The Red Skull, this just sounds so weird to read, but the Red Skull has Professor X's brain. Yeah. And, exactly, I've got your brains. Right. And he, and he turns into Red Onslaught to rid the world of the mutants. <clears throat> and the, oh, so the Scarlet, I, I, what a hell of a setup. It's just odd. If you're just jumping in, this is a hell of a way to do it. And so the Scarlet Witch teams up with Doctor Doom, because that's always a good idea, and uh, casts a spell that flips the heroes into villains, and the villains into heroes. The idea was to bring uh, the goodness of Professor Xavier out of the Red Skull, but uh, X was Y, and Y was X, and they flipped it, and they messed up. What? So anyway, uh, every ev- cut to... Uh, that's the setup of the previous Axis. So cut to issue five. Or, by the way, is anybody reading Axis besides me? No. I got one of those no. cool little flippy card things. That's yeah, there you that go. advertised it. Uh, Zach, old, reading that, it? No. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the I, only one. Okay. After after Avengers vs. X Men, I said nope. Or Age of Ultron. Actually, it was Age of Ultron. I said nope. Age of Ultron was not that great. Yeah. I said, I'm, already, was, I'm already shilling out yeah. enough for Spider Verse as it is. I don't <coughs> no need to add another. No <laughs> I, don't I have need a child another on the way, Brad. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just, dude. I have a child. No doubt. <laughs> uh, so, issue five starts out every Avenger is called to Avengers Tower, and we start with seeing Spider Man. Uh, swinging towards Avengers Tower, and he runs into the new Nova, which uh, Marvel says we should all love. And he says that, uh, 
you know, Nova, you've got some big shoes to fill with Richard Ryder. He was a friend of mine, and you're doing a good job. So good job, kid. So uh, Spider-Man and Nova go into the uh, Avengers Tower, and the new Captain America, which is uh, the Falcon, who is just a uh, evil, mean person now, uh, says that the Avengers uh, had taken down the, the Red Skull, but uh, he's escaped his prison in Genosha, and, and, and the new Captain America goes, I know it's one of you Avengers, and I don't really have time to punish you all or find out who did it, so we're going we're gonna to shrink you all with some PIM particles. And so the room starts filling with PIM particles, and before the, it starts, Spider-Man's Spider-Sense goes off, and he was like, what the hell? So he grabs Nova, and they, they uh, bust out through a glass window. And hot in pursuit of Spider-Man is Medusa, the new Captain America, and the Scarlet Witch, who are all bad. Uh, And it just so happens that Magneto is in the area, and he he, uh, hides Nova and Spidey from uh, uh, them finding the two. So then they go to Avengers Mansion, Spider-Man, Nova, and Magneto, when they meet up with the old man Steve Rogers... And they learn that the Hulk has a Hulk. You know how Bruce Banner has a Hulk? Well, the Hulk has a Hulk who's not green. He's black. And he's destroying Arizona. And that's where the issue ends. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that like so, Inception, uh, a Hulk within a Hulk? Hulk? <laughs> exactly. How many Hulks deep are we? <laughs> uh, uh, pros, I, I like the interaction between Spider-Man and Nova. Spider-Man is shown as a veteran hero and not as a... Punk teenage kid on the same age level as Nova. Uh, wonderful art from Terry Dodson and his wife Rachel Dodson on inks. Khan, uh, I could care less about the inver- inversion of the heroes and the villains. It's very gimmicky. I know comics are very gimmicky, but this one just seems like I really don't care. I mean, just is really like throwing ideas up against the wall. What can we do with the heroes? Let's make them villains. Okay, let's go. Let's see how we can sell books. Uh, B minus on this one for this particular issue. This is one of the highest grades I've given to Axis. I didn't care for the first previous four issues, and I'm, I'm, I, I come from Secret Wars and, and Acts of Vengeance, and I love Marvel crossovers, but this one's just not getting it for me. Uh, let me do one more uh, for an Axis. T- well, I've got, I can do a couple more to tie it into Axis to keep it all uh, with the same thought. Let's go to uh, Axis Hobgoblin. Number two, this is by Kevin Shinnick, who did some work on the, um, oh, what was it, Spider-Man Team-Up? Is that what it was? Oh, Superior, Superior Team-Up. Superior Team-Up. Yeah, he, he did was good the stuff on that one. He did. He's, he's a good writer. And Javier Rodriguez, uh, I think he worked on Daredevil. He also, I think, was on that Superior Team-Up book. Uh, so the plot, the Goblin King, which is Phil, has taken some kids hostage in a warehouse in an attempt to lure out Roderick. Because he's jealous, to recap from Hobgoblin number one, he's jealous of what Roderick has done. He's become the Tony, Tony Robbins of the Marvel Universe by hawking <laughs> books. And, and uh, instead of leasing out uh, super villain names and costumes and ideas, he's making more money leasing out heroes. So uh, Roderick swoops in on the glo- Goblin Glider and saves the kids. But he, before he does that, he sna- snaps a selfie and posts it and sends it to the news media, etc., to show how big a hero he is. 
<clears throat> and then uh, that ticks off the Goblin King. It was like, no one fights me and does a selfie in the middle of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're ready to throw down. And in the middle of it, Missile Mate, which is a new hero that Roderick created. He has a big fishbowl on his head, not Mysterio, but he looks like a uh, a missile, I guess. Okay. A, a missile <laughs> so with a fishbowl on its head. I guess, yeah. It's oh. kind of odd. is the creamer that you use to put into your uh, to your ICBMs. <laughs> exactly. You know, your so anyway, Roderick sold it to this guy. He was like, you want a costume? All right, missile mate's available. All right, hope you find your missile mate. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I hope you find your missile mate. Yeah, it just kind of sounds That's weird. That's just dirty. I know. <laughs> so anyway, Missile Mate takes the uh, the kids away, and Roderick uh, says that uh, Phil really should promote himself better through social media if he wants everyone to know that he's the Goblin King. And the, all the information about social media can be found in Chapter 8 of my book called Hobnobbin, Hobnobbin with the Roderick. Uh, feel free to buy a copy. Anyway, Goblin King is pissed. Uh, he, he's like, I want 60% of your hobgoblin business or I'm shutting you down permanently. And Roderick says, you know what? If you want to talk business, feel free. I only talk business out of costume. You need to come to my office. And then he just gets on the glider and gets the hell out of there. And uh, Goblin King starts screaming and the whole warehouse comes down, falling on top of him. Anyway. It comes out on top of him because he's screaming? Yeah, he has, you know, that, that screaming power that he has. Goblin King? Goblin King, I thought, was Norman. No, no. This is Phil. Phil Urich is Goblin, Goblin Knight. No, he wants to be. He's calling himself Goblin I King in the back of this crap. <laughs> I know. Anyway, we we have a one page little uh, kind of like Ashley's uh, fruit pie ad in the anthology. <laughs> we have a, a PSA with uh, the Hobgoblin and the Hypno Hustler, and they talk about how it's not good to bully kids, and the kids uh, start uh, beating up a Hypno Hustler, and the best quote is. Uh, from Roderick, where it says, "Stick up for your friends. It's the right thing to do. So don't make good manners a chore. Make them a hobby." Oh <laughs> I thought God. that was kind of cute. <laughs> anyway, George, this is a good book. Come on, the quick, good growling. Anyway, uh, Phil then comes to Roderick's office and they talk business. And he says, uh, "I need you to read my newest book. I've got a new one since last we talked. It's called The Seven Hobbits." Of highly effective superhero hobbits, get it? Oh my! Anyway, a fight starts, uh, but Lily Hollister uh, is on uh, Roderick's side, and and she has a new costume persona called the Queen Cat, where she looks like the Black Cat, only just a little tweaks here and there. So <laughs> Phil tries to use Sonic. A screen <laughs> on uh, Lily Hollister, but a new superhero, a new S and M superhero called Leatherball, <laughs> puts a ball gag in Phil's oh, mouth to shut him oh. up. Oh. <laughs> it's straight up out of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he looks just like that. So, uh, with the ball gag in his mouth, uh, Phil jets out of uh, uh, Roderick's office and. And uh, evidently, Missile Mate follows wow. Mr. Ballgag. <clears throat> Ballgag Pete, if you will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is, Ballgag, this is the book no. that everybody's been raving about? No, it's... Just read it. You, you'd like it. I think you really I'm like it. I'm a huge Roderick Kingsley fan. I, I, I'm a big Hobgoblin fan. This sounds like crap. Oh, I like <laughs> it. Anyway, uh, Missile Mate follows uh, Phil... Uh, to his headquarters, and uh, he he brings along some villains 
that Rodri- Roderick uh, rejected. Did you just like call him Rodri? I know. I'm sorry. I, I had Rodri- Roddy in my notes, <laughs> and I, I, I fixed it, and I failed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Raise your hand. Anyway. <laughs> I'm holding up a finger, Zach. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Roddy uh, brings some heroes to the headquarters, like Eight Ball and the Killer Shriek, and uh, Eight Balls. But guess who's back? Eight Ball. Uh, oh, it's on now, son. Eight Balls involved. <laughs> he, he, bring a friend. Anyway, he says his army of heroes is growing, so he can uh, go up against Phil and become the official Goblin King. Uh, the Pro, it's a funny, funny book. It's very witty. I like it a lot. Uh, great art and funny take on Roderick, which is uh, better than the main Axis book. So basically, uh, satire. Con- it's very satire. It's very fun. Uh, Khan, I really could care less about Phil and his motivations and his, his uh, Z-list characters. And I didn't really think it was as good as the first issue. But still, I think I gave that first issue a B plus. I'm going to give this one a B minus. So I, I recommend the book. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got two more Axis books, and then uh, I'll hand it over to someone else. Uh, Carnage number one and Carnage number two. The first issue, uh, written by Rick <laughs> Spears, uh, pencils on German uh, Peralata. <laughs> Sorry if I just butchered your name. Uh, the book of Carnage number one. The book opens with a new sin eater. Uh, he is he uh, goes to a nightclub and he shoots a news anchor and kills him. And the sin eater says, uh, "Those without sin should shouldn't throw the first stone." That's weird because we just had a weatherman get gunned down. Yes, that's true. Well, this is okay. that was, and that's odd because we've already had a sin eater. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, then you cut to Carnage. He's swinging around the city talking about being mixed up with a big Axis fight, and suddenly he's feeling emotions, and he wonders how that's possible since he's a psychopath. And I have a kind of a... Do psychopaths really think that they're psychopaths? I think psychopaths think that they're right. I don't think they that's actually go around... Exactly. I don't mm-hmm. think they go around saying, you know what, I think I'm a psychopath. I think sociopaths <laughs> are the ones that just, you know, get up, you know are, are just dicks. I know. <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, he says uh, he, he he says it makes him feel good to help people, and he's not familiar with these emotions. For instance, he sees a woman that's uh, getting attacked, and uh, he goes down and he uh, stops the attack, and he he hits the guy, and his eyeball flies out with one punch. And then uh, another gang member comes up and tries to stab uh, Cletus, and he hacks his arm off. And the woman then reveals that uh, those were her pimps. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she says, and Cletus says, oh, you know what? You must be punished too, since you're a prostitute. And he gives her a small punch, making sure not to bust her eyeball. Okay, cut to a Sin Eater. Uh, he tries to take a guy out at a massage parlor because that's evil. And the guy says... Uh, Depends on the massage parlor. Well, this is one of those backdoor Marvel Universe massage parlors. <laughs> and the guy says, what does that even mean? <laughs> that means this is, the, this is the seedy part of the Marvel Universe where the massage parlors are not all up and up. Oh, actually, maybe they're... Uh, never mind. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> what? This is a skanky one. There's prostitutes there. Uh, Ashley, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anyway, the guy that's getting the massage, uh, he sees the sin eater, and he's like, you were once a cop. 
and Beater, uh, <laughs> Benny, I almost said Ben Eater, Sin Eater, says, no, that guy was an imposter, I'm the real Sin Eater. And so the, the guy in the massage parlor rips off the green ski mask, and there's a glowing skull underneath the green Sin Eater mask, and it looks like Ghost Rider. Okay, cut to a news anchor on the news, a female news anchor uh, named Alice, and she's talking about uh, her co-anchor has been killed by the Sin Eater, and uh, she's, she fakes uh, being tearful, etc., for this co-anchor that she didn't really like. So a cop follows her home for protection, and Sin Eater is, strangely enough, in her apartment. He shoots the cop and goes after the anchor. Just so happens, Carnage sees this news anchor on the television and says, I must protect her, whatever. And so Carnage busts in the, the window singing, Carnage Man, Carnage Man, does what, all the things that Carnage can. And he stops the Sin Eater and then takes the female anchor on his shoulder and then swings off into the city. And then he uh, clings her to a wall and a whole bunch of string of red, and he says he wants her to teach him how to be a hero. Okay, pro, I'm intrigued by the new Sin Eater. I'm wondering who the hell this guy is. The art isn't bad. Uh, I kind of like Carnage failing at being a hero. That was kind of funny. Uh, the con, the concept, I think, is weak, though. I really, I don't ever see Carnage trying to be a hero, and I don't really see him saying, I'm a psychopath. I see him as being uh, just a different voice in the character. So, C-plus on Carnage, number one, Axis. Uh, real quick, number two, same writer, same artist. Uh, the, the book opens with Carnage having flashbacks of his childhood. For instance, he's hanging his dog. Uh, his dad is killing his mother. Uh, he Merry uh, Christmas. was re- <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, listeners. <laughs> uh, his dad killed his mom. Uh, the, he was he asked a girl out. She rejected him. She pushed he pushed her in front of a bus. Killed her. <laughs> Uh, and then flash forward to modern day. Yeah. <laughs> How strange is this to just say? Anyway, he uh, is talking to the Alice, the news anchor, and wanting uh, to find out how to be good. So she starts with a confe- confession on her iPhone. She's ever the reporter, uh, so she wants Carnage to look into her iPhone and do a confession and interview. And he starts, she's like, how many people have you killed? And I, I lost track, etc. So she takes the video, she sends an email of the video to her uh, news director, and then they put the, the, the confession on the air. And so then the police get wind that the news anchor has been uh, abducted by Carnage, and they go to try to find her, and they were like, where can we find her? And then they were like, well, just look for the red webbing all throughout the city, because it's strung everywhere. How convenient. Anyway, Carnage and Alice try to break up a bank robbery, and uh, Carnage is just uh, really destructive. He blows up cars and causes mass destruction, so more police and more uh, convene on the site of the bank robbery. So Sin Eater goes to the newsroom. He should have just watched the television. Uh, He goes to the newsroom looking for Alice, and he sees that uh, she's broadcasting from her iPhone. How the hell that works, I don't really know. It's a live stream from her iPhone being broadcast over the news. Yeah, Brad, people live stream from their phones all the time, man. I don't, well, not in this market. Uh, (laughs) Dude, back when Ferguson was happening, I was watching four different live streams from people who who were there, and two of them were on, had had their uh, camera phones. You can stream. Oh, maybe it's because I don't have a you battery. You can do anything that, now, dude. 
I guess you uh, can. Well, I, it, they probably do it through an app. You probably just download Poss- an app and they and they log into that app. The uh, news crew, uh, the people in the uh, newsroom do, and that's how they're able to to live log. I love it. You guys are telling the newsman how to stream a live iPhone, and I don't even know. Not only the newsman, the the tech guy, the gadget guy, the gadget guy. In my market, we don't stream from our iPhones. Anyway, clean physics to you know to like the Fantastic Four villain wizard. Anyway, cut to let's see, a New York PD copter arrives on the scene. Uh, and it has a fight with Cletus, and they they and uh, the copter comes down, and Alice is lowered to the ground by a tendril of carnage, and the scene eater grabs Alice, puts her in a green Camaro, and <laughs> drives off. Uh, and the last page is carnage is like, "I'll rescue you," and in the background you see two F-15s launching rockets at Cletus. Uh, tune in next issue for Carnage number three. Uh, pro, uh, I guess. I guess it's nice to have a flashback of how ugly a bastard Carnage is with uh, all his... Yeah, because we'd never gotten that from the character before. I know. Well, hanging the dog and killing the girlfriend and the mom and dad. Anyway, you understand the evil character a little bit more, I guess. Uh, Con, confusing plot on the Sin Eater. Uh, evidently, there's a small little backup where he's evidently a druggie or something, and he lives in Bumtown, and they literally call it Bumtown. Because that's really original. Uh, I guess so. Uh, why are F-15s in the city launching missiles? That was confusing. Uh, why does Carnage care about this newscaster? I don't understand. The violence is just cartoony. It's it's literally like Looney Tunes-ish cartoony. That's the problem I find with these Carnage miniseries. They're, they, I, I guess I want a really dark Carnage as opposed to just, oh, he's in the he's rescuing a news anchor, he's in the city, oh, there's F-15s. He's on a bus, he killed everybody, he stopped for a hamburger, he killed everybody. I know, and uh, hung his dog, yeah. C-minus C on this one. Wow, Brad Douglas, yeah. reading bad comics so you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that should be the what do we got the God's podcast. work you're doing, Brad. <laughs> what do we got left? We've got um you got that X Men. Go to FF. New Warriors. Go to New Warriors so, so yeah, let's break it up. I want to hear some off. New Warriors. This okay. this is the last issue of New Warriors. Oh, be- before that though, oh. I think Ashley is curious as to what the New Warriors uh what that did, what's that all, what that's uh, all about. I can't even Who talk. are these guys? Thank okay, you. <laughs> the New Warriors were a super team established in the 1990s. Use now, the term speak- super loosely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they were special team. They, yeah, they were special is a good word for them. Yes. Yeah, they were. <laughs> okay, they were a super team or a, a special team that was established in the 1990s. Um, one of the characters was Speedball. Um, Speedball was a Dicko created character. That uh, basically his ability was to bounce around everywhere and be annoying. And say uh, some of the most annoying things ever said in comics. <laughs> now, the 90s version of, of New Warriors was epic. I loved it. Now, yes, yeah, I, I was going to get to that. Now, the oh, New sorry. Warriors, um, during the 1990s, mid 1990s, 95, Marvel went through some restructuring, and somehow, someway, the New Warriors ended up in the Spider Man group. Eat. There was five different uh, groups of editors and chiefs, and uh, there was a Spider-Man group, an X-Men group, an Avengers group, uh, a Midnight Suns group, and, and uh, I think everybody else group. I don't know. That's not the official title of that group, but 
That's what we'll call it. The Midnight Suns. The Midnight Suns group had it going on. Everybody, everything else was yeah. kind of crap. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but um, you might have heard of Age of Apocalypse. That's the same era there, Ashley. Okay. So anyway, inexplicably, New Warriors gets added to to, um, to Spider Man. Now the New Warriors they they had Night Thrasher and Nova. And Night Thrasher and Nova had made numerous appearances in the early 90s during the, the David Michelinie run. And they actually had a couple of crossovers and stuff like that. So, how does it relate to Spider-Man now? Well, they take um, Justice, who was, one of the, who was actually the leader of the New Warriors at one point, and Speedball, and the new Nova that you're supposed to love, but nobody does, except for <laughs> Jeff Loeb. So he's like... Um, <laughs> because fans demanded it. Yes, because fans <laughs> demanded it. Um, and so basically, they took those three characters, added Scarlet Spider, who in the 90s, Ben Riley was in that supergroup because they were trying to make that supergroup relevant to Spider-Man by having the clone yeah. join them. And uh, so you add all that up, and they become a super team that basically is a poor man's version of... a, a poor man's teenage version of the Avengers. <laughs> Does that, does that accurately describe it there, George and Brad? It's a poor man's version of the 90s New Warriors is what it is. <laughs> well, this, this team here, yeah, this team is like a, it's like, basically they're like, okay, we've got to find an inhuman. We've got to find a spider. A spider. We've got to find a <laughs> clone. We've got to find, you know, we have to have our Araceli, who's the mysterious one. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a trope. Um, I don't know that Araceli is really mysterious as so much as she is an annoying teenager. <laughs> you know, the thing is, 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 is these two characters, Araceli, it's like, it's and like calling it's like it's like calling Selena Gomez from Wizards of Waverly Place mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. But here's the thing: I liked I liked Araceli and Scarlet Spider when Yost yeah. Chris Yost, who's the writer of New Warriors, wrote Scarlet Spider. I don't like her here as Hummingbird at all. I, I thought that was not a very great development. Somehow, some way, she got a costume that was never explained how, where, how, or where she got it from. Um, she never really had her powers explained, and these plot points were supposed to be picked up in the second year of New Warriors. But pretty much everybody predicted that this wouldn't even last a year. So the fact that it even yeah. got to twelve issues is amazing. I, so. I sadly helped contribute. So did you, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, and I did that because I want. I liked Chris Yost's work, but I didn't yeah, like. Um, I didn't like his work here. Now, <laughs> this issue in particular was written by Chris Yost and Eric Latham. Oh, you still there, Zach? My wife interrupted me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, this was written by uh, Chris Yost and Eric Latham. Now, Eric Latham, you might remember this name. For two reasons. If you were a member of the Spider-Man message board in the late, early 2000s, late 90s, Eric, the moderator, same guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he gets called in when books are ending for Chris Yost, right? <laughs> yes, he does. Pretty much, right? Now, Chris yeah. Yost, um, he, when Scarlet Spider was ending, he was actually working on Thor 2. So that's why he got called in to, to script over Chris Yost's plots. So the dude over at the Spider-Man message board wrote Thor 2? No, 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 no. Chris Yost wrote Thor 2. Oh, okay. Well, when, when we say Thor 2, we're talking about the, the movie. movie. The movie, yeah. okay, so Loki 2. 
Loki three. Loki three. Loki three. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But uh, no, the <laughs> yeah. Don't you love the reshoots that they had to add to it? Anyway, <laughs> um, so Chris Yost brings in Eric Latham and to write this this issue. Now this issue basically wraps up the entire series. Now this entire series premises that the high evolutionary and the celestials. Sorry, I hate the high evolutionary. <laughs> As a clone guy, do you love the high evolutionary? No. No, this is this is good, seriously good. seriously it, it is number two in my all time worst clone saga stories of all time. What's number one? Number one is Maximum Clonage Omega. Oh yeah yeah. Number two okay. number well yeah it's actually a tie. Spectacular two twenty six. But there was the, so much crap. How do you single it out? <laughs> that's why I do a podcast called Clone Saga Chronicles. There, George. I never <laughs> listen to it, but that's why. An episode. Talking about uh, Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one. It's called Donovan's Rage because we all raged on that one. And it, <laughs> it's one of the single worst issues of, of Spider-Man that's ever been written. And Until issue 12 of New Warriors. I'm bringing it back. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we take those, all those elements of fun and we add that into a series and an issue of, of, of a comic called New Warriors. So there's like like several levels of suck, but all this is is justice gets flung across the earth to be the dudes uh, ex machia for the entire entire book for him to show up and have his Superman moment where he rises basically and punches everybody out. It's a big giant fight scene, and that's all it is. It's a giant fight scene, and everybody wins and. Then, at the very end, this is what was the most ominous thing about this, Brad. It says, yeah. the beginning. And you're like, this is the oh, beginning? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... <sighs> okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't want the new warriors touching my squad spider. <laughs> okay. And that... Mommy, he touched my scarlet spider. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Dark. I was thinking of the 12-inch scarlet spider. And, and, and that, that touch. Oh, bad touch. Bad touch, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, needless no to say, touch. this issue, artwork doesn't even save it at all. Artwork was okay, but it's an F. <laughs> F, there F, 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 F. Is there F. any pro- <laughs> pros to this F book? No, because not even the moments with Kane are even worth it. Right. What does Kane do in the book, by the way? Punches a couple of people, and <laughs> my my least favorite part of this whole series is like I'm not Spider Man. It's like, dude, shut up! You said this. You said this in every single yeah. issue. He had two things to say: I'm not Spider Man, and I'm not a member. And I'm not a member of this, team. Member yeah. of this team. He yeah. said it for twelve it's, issues. That that is the laziest form of writing because Kane can be a complex, intriguing character, and you totally this dis- book. you totally did it a disservice by doing it that yeah. way. All right. I'm glad well, that the long was... national nightmare is over. No doubt, and I'm yeah, glad I don't have to read this because when 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 Spidey because I had it, and and Spidey dude said, "Well, I want to review it," and I was like, "That means I don't have to read it. <laughs> that means you don't have to buy it." I already bought so, it. That's the thing. I but I, I you can you can <laughs> roll up and smoke it if you want to there, but George, I don't care. <laughs> roll it up and smoke. I'm gonna save Superior Foes for the last thing we review. Yes. Yeah, because we want to end on uh, on a nice uh, palette in our taste buds of spider. Uh, was that even a sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <ugh, yeah. laughs> Talk about a bad taste. That was <laughs> spider. 
taste buds of a spider. Is that what, is that what, Dam- what Damus was trying to get earlier? <laughs> That's why he licked them. <laughs> yeah, he has the proportional strength, speed, agility, and taste buds of a spider. <laughs> I've got two uh, that kind of have Spider-Man in them. Uh, let's see. Let me get to my notes. Fantastic Four number 12, written by James Robinson, pencils by Leonard Kirk. Uh, plot. Uh, by the way, I've been I'm really enjoying this run of Fantastic Four. I, I hated the Matt Fraction run, even though it had Mark Bagley on it, which had great pencils. But, man, mm. great pencils can't cr- save a the good The Fantastic strip. Four at Marvel now is the equivalent of Sony not knowing what to do with Spider-Man. Well, I would disagree because this book is. They don't. Good. They keep trying to reinvent the wheel. Well, they don't know how to, to how to make it sound. And the thing is, it's four characters, man. It shouldn't be that hard. It's four characters that act as a family. Yeah. You know. Anyway, this book I think is a lot better take on it than uh, Fraction. So basically, the plot. Uh, John, let me set up what the, the Fantastic Four are at this point. John, Johnny Storm has lost his powers. Ben, uh, the thing, is in jail for allegedly killing the Puppet Master. And while in jail, he's hanging out with the Sandman, so that's Spider-Man related. Uh, Reed is working for a guy named John Eden on a scientific utopia. And uh, Sue is upset that uh, Valeria has left her to live with her godfather, Dr. Doom. And also, uh, Franklin and the other kids have been taken away from her and Reed because they aren't a safe environment for children. So basically, the four—well, <laughs> basically, the four are spread out because they—they're uh, not a family; they're—they're they're spread apart. So Johnny was attacked by a brown Hawkeye. You know, you know the brown-suited Hawkeye from the Heroes Reborn universe. Well, anyway, that that Hawkeye tried to take out Johnny Storm. And Spider-Man saved him in the previous issue. So uh, we cut to Spider-Man dangling uh, Johnny Storm from a building, and Wing uh, Wyatt Wingfoot is there also at the top of the building. And, and Johnny Storm, I thought it was funny, he was wearing a Vote for Howard the Duck t-shirt on. If you remember that from the late 70s. George, you probably remember that. I, or I do remember that. Howard was running for president. I thought that was a very funny, nice little thing. Uh, and uh, Wyatt and Spidey are like, you know what? You're not acting like yourself. I know you don't have powers, but you're on a self-destructing behavior. You being a washed-up rock star, etc. You're not really acting like the Johnny Storm that we know and love. And you need to uh, connect with your family. You need to get back. And this is causing the downfall of Fantastic Four. And I think there's a connection why all you guys are separated, etc. I think it's someone is behind it, and it's not Fox Studios. So uh, it's about they pe- to be. <laughs> it's about to be. I know. So they pep talk him uh, into acting more like his regular character, and let's bring the the family back together. And that that basically is Spider Man's appearance in this one. Uh, pro James Robinson is telling a great FF story, and it's a shame that more people aren't buying this book. Uh, there's a nice Sandman moment. Uh, team up in the jail with. Uh, uh, the Sandman and, and the Thing, and the two had a great uh, Marvel two-in-one issue back in the eighties. That uh, it's nice to see them back together and, and seeing Sandman not so out of character that, as we've seen him in the regular Spider-Man books. Uh, the con, there's not much Spider-Man in it, but uh, you know, this it's a Fantastic Four's book, so it's just like a little Spider-Man cameo. I'm not really sure who the villain Eden and how he's tied into the Heroes Reborn universe and Franklin, etc. Because at the end of the book, you see the uh, Heroes Reborn Iron Man from that. Uh, uh, who, who did uh, Iron Man? Wallace Portio? Is that who did it? I think Portacio. Portacio. It's hard to say. Anyway, that version Will of Portacio. Iron Man. 
Yeah. He appears in the last page. So grade B. Um, uh, pick up that Fantastic Four book while you still can. No. <laughs> you didn't even read it. Come on. I liked it. Uh, a no- last one, uh, a fringe Spider-Man appearance, was in all-new X-Men number 33 by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, pencils Muhammad Asar, a- Azrar. So basically, to set up the X-Men uh, book, uh, the all-new X-Men consists of the original five. And they've come back to the future, or they fast-forwarded to the future. And they're trying to help a new mutant called Carmen. And uh, she can transport, her mutant power is she can transport people to different dimensions, like the Ultimate Universe. So she transports all these guys, including Jean Grey. And Jean Grey, uh, the teenage Jean Grey, runs into Miles Morales. And you've also got the other X-Men, Iceman, Iceman going up against uh, the Ultimate Mole Man. And they obviously recreate that Fantastic Four number one cover with that. Uh, X-23 and the Teenage Angel are dating. And uh, they meet up with Wolverine's son from the Ultimate Universe, and also uh, the Beast has dinner with the weird Doctor Doom, which I can't stand. Uh, and Miles Morales takes uh, Gene to his uh, dorm to meet Gonky, and he says, hey dude, listen, this chick, she can read minds, so yeah, don't even try anything. And his first word is ho. I don't, it's just a one word balloon that says ho, and I don't understand why he said ho. But <laughs> it's just odd. Anyway, uh, he, he, uh, Gonky warns Miles that he's a teen and he can't control his thoughts with a hot woman in the room. And, uh, so get her out of here immediately. (laughs) So, uh, Gene and uh, Miles tell Gonky that they need to borrow his mom's car. They need to get up to Westchester to get to the X-Men's, uh, school and see if there's any clues how to get back. So Gene, uh, hops in mom's car and she drives the car with no hands, Ma. She's driving it with her mind, and Miles is in the passenger seat. Isn't that a trivial use of your powers? Well, why? Wouldn't you want to have hands-free while you're, you need a burger and a fry and a Coke and just thinking about steering the wheel? No. No, you wouldn't use your, your mutant powers to steer the wheel. No, I would I up your drive hands. the car and be a responsible driver. <laughs> All right. So anyway, they arrive at Westchester and uh, the ultimate version of the X-Men, which nobody bought that book, but they're here. And that is the last page of the book. Uh, the pro, I like the gonky lines about not controlling his, his thoughts, etc., around a, a hot mutant that can read your mind. Uh, nice interaction between Gene and Miles Morales. Con, there's not much meat to this book. It's very padded out for the trade. Uh, not a, really a fan of the art. It's not the worst, but I liked uh, Stuart Eminem much better on the book. So I'd give this one a C. If you're, you don't really have to pick this up if you're a Miles Morales fan because there's not much happening with the exception of the gonky. Remember what I said recently, Brett, about how yeah. Bendis is incapable of writing things that don't bleed over into whatever else he's writing? Yeah, since he writes Miles. Well, this is more evidence of that then. I, yeah, that's true. He he tends to stick to the characters that he knows how to write, and he shares what he's writing at the moment. He shares everything. So, I mean that that happened with Mark Wade. He brought the Hulk over to Daredevil. I mean, writers tend to do that. Like uh, Peter David will bring uh, he's bringing Hulk, the Hulk Future Imperfect over to Spider Man Twenty Nine. Peter David did it back with uh, when he was writing X Factor and Hulk also back in the night. Yeah, exactly. So uh, writers tend to do that. I just so, I don't like that. 
You know, I'm like, just just keep it separated. If I'm reading an X Men comic, I yeah. want to, I want to read an X Men comic. I don't want to read X Men. Oh, and Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of offsetting. It's like it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I mean, you don't want Venom in it. I, I, I don't want the goddamn <laughs> X Men in it when they showed up. Yeah, it, it, right. it totally. You know, it just it. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like it's a left turn. It's jarring. Yeah, you know, it just derails the the story that was being told. So we've got uh, we've got one book left, and it's a good one. And George, it's all yours. Do we only have? We're down to the last one. This is the last book. I'm looking at the rundown, and this is this is our thirteenth book. Okay, Ashley, did you did you go and get uh, this issue? Uh, it's the Superior Foes, right? Yeah, I have yeah, not yeah. been keeping up with that. So. Okay, this is why you need to. <laughs> this is a bit, this is going to be a bit spoilery for you. This is spoilerish. Oh, I can deal with that. All right, All right cool. So, last uh, issue we left off, Fred. We thought Fred had won everything, right? He he had used the chameleon's formula to uh, to change his appearance into a pitcher so that he could continue to pitch. And in this one, he's the game he's pitching is going very well. He's about to break his own record that he actually set as Fred. Fred, by the way, actually is boomerang, but I call him Fred because okay. we love him because so. we love Fred so much. <laughs> um. And he's busy on the mound trying to break his own pitching record, and we find out uh, just who it was uh, the owl and chameleon caught up with thinking it was Fred. Uh, and it turns out uh, that Fred used the same serum he stole from the chameleon to, all, you know, to uh, alter uh, Abner Jenkins, you know, the, the original Beetle. Mach, what is he now, Mach 7? I don't know. I can't keep track. 8, 9, 10, whatever. Who had some of, by the way, some of the most physically funniest moments of this book. He did. There were there that that first time with the wings, and he was in the he was furniture shopping was the <laughs> hardest I've ever laughed ever from a comic book. And I used to read the Tick back in the day. I mean, I, I just I still think about I, I I did. I thought I had done internal damage to myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it, but you know so it, it turns out that the 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 boomerang. That got jumped by the chameleon and the owl and all their and all their goons was actually Beetle or Abner, but it all works out for Abner in the end though because he, he gets a save from Iron Man. And, hang on a minute, I've, I've got a Skype message. What is this? <laughs> oh, it's Brad. <laughs> You're not supposed to know about that. Well, I, I can't help it. Well, I, I you know. All right, sorry. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Christmas. Go ahead. I'll be on it. So, uh, meanwhile, the fake Dr. Doom painting. Well, it turns out that, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised if you found that there is a real one and that the real one was stolen by Fred and Mirage during the big heist. Remember back when they had the Sinister 16? Yes. Uh, and they had that huge fight um, when they raided uh, Chameleon's warehouse uh, or headquarters, bunker, whatever. And uh, we found out that the real one was stolen. It turns out Fred and Mirage had double-crossed everybody else. And then Fred double-crossed Mirage and just took the painting for himself and left Mirage to the not-so-tender mercies of Chameleon and Chameleon's rubber glove. Um, <laughs> so he thinks you know, he's got the painting secured and that you know, his financial you know, future is set. However... That is until we find out that the gal he's been dating in the series, who he's calling on a Bluetooth during the game while he's pitching, he's on Bluetooth talking to his girlfriend, and then later he gets a call. And it turns this, this girlfriend that's been around for several this, issues, this girlfriend that has been around through at least half the the book, maybe longer, yeah. 
who they who we thought was cool, who they have never named. Yeah. He met her. She was working in a bar. She was in the baseball. Um, she, he thought she was hot. You know, she thought he was a pig, but she wasn't going out with anybody else. <laughs> and it turns out, you know, she's, you know, he's he's talking to her on the on the phone, and it turns out this whole time, this whole time, the girlfriend that we never knew her name was Black Cat, posing as the girlfriend. Black Cat into disguise. Ashley is running to the comic book store what? right now. What? So it, <laughs> so it turns out that the girlfriend. Has, has that Black Cat has been in this series for most of the of the series without us really knowing it because and she was right in front of our eyes, yeah. and we never realized. Huh. What do you think, Ashley? <laughs> what? Why? Like, what is she doing? She, why? She steals the painting that Fred thinks that he has stolen and, and hidden. Uh, and she finds Black the cat. she finds the painting, the real Doctor Doom. It's a painting of Doctor Doom without his mask. Huh. And she finds the painting. That that he that uh, Fred and Mirage stole from the chameleon, and he had hidden it behind his Catherine Heigl his Catherine Heigl poster in his apartment. <laughs> so she takes the painting and she's off. It's a great twist. He mm-hmm. doesn't realize it. It was a ama- it was an amazing twist. I mean, it, it's epic. Of, it's epic of a last issue where you like it to end on like a high note. And the cool thing yeah, is, great. yeah. And the cool thing is, is that it's classic Felicia. It's not mm-hmm. really. Yep. Not in character at all, Felicia, that we're getting right now on Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. It's classic, normal Felicia, as Felicia should be. Yes. And so that was really good. And then suddenly you realize, you know, you go back and you're like, well, you know, the two of them never did sleep together. <laughs> you know, she never really did seem to like Fred all that much. And then it just makes sense. Exactly. It all it, it was awesome. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. That's awesome ending. That just so, reminds me of the original twist, just where she's, oh, I wasn't crazy at all. I was pretending to be in an asylum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where it makes you reread the entire series through this yeah. prism of the ending. And Spencer just, yeah. he, I remember how passionate he was when they announced this series. And everybody's like, really? Really? This, this book? And then you suddenly see why. You suddenly yeah. see why this was. So you, I, I didn't know you were reading it, Zach. That's cool. I, yeah, I, I actually it was because I remember reading the first issue and being like, uh, "F this, f this up the butt, I'm done." And, um, <laughs> wow! Wow! I, 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 just, I hated it. I didn't get it. My God! And then it was Holy cow. this show. It was listening to the show. It was listening to Kevin. And you, yeah, praise it to high, high heaven. I actually went out, and then George, I, we yeah, turned and George too. When you turn, when you turn Barryman, I was like, okay, you know, if Barryman <laughs> can be turned to the dark side, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to at least look at it. It was, I, I, I have laughed harder at. I've never laughed harder at a book than this, yeah. especially a Spider-Man book. And it was chock full of laughs. The Felicia twist was was absolutely stunningly brilliant. Oh and my god! Yeah. It so re- <coughs> what? What? I really given was- given the title and the twist, can we name Felicia the superior foe of Spider-Man? Oh, in this Ooh. book, yeah. In this book, there's a couple of characters that make out like bandits. One of them is Speed Demon, and the other <laughs> one is is uh, is Black Cat. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's official, guys. Superior. Yeah. Yes. She I'm, I'm waiting for the superior black cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, make it happen. 
Yeah. To, to continue on with the issue, uh, right before Fred can break his own record, and you know, while he's disguised as this pitcher, he gets a Bluetooth call from the owl, who's in the stands watching the game and knows exactly what Fred has done. Yeah. And he gives Fred a, a choice: he can throw the game so the owl can make a ton of money off of a bet that he made, or he can get killed by snipers. So Fred's win, or what you know, Fred, what we thought was Fred's win, quickly turns into a into a loss for Fred. But it's Fred. Fred's always got an, you know, an, an ace in the hole. So later, Fred recounts the whole story uh, and about what went down with the rest of his pals uh, afterward. Um, he, he's talking to a guy at a bar that he, that he just met, you know, just some guy. Just mm-hmm. some guy with, you know, brown hair who we don't really see his face and, you know, just yeah. hanging out. So Fred is telling him the story about what happened to everybody. It turns out Speed Demon made out okay and managed to successfully sue Iron Fist on a personal injury claim and got like <laughs> – I forgot what I forgot what the line was, the comic, but it was like, it was like a, a, an, an amount of money that doesn't even like – like a bajillion dollars or something like that. Denny Rand is like facepalming. Yeah, you know? yeah. Iron Fist is facepalming in court, and, and Speed Demon's like, yeah. this is the happiest day of my life. <laughs> and um, – yeah. Beetle and Overdrive run into Doctor Doom on the street because you do that on the street in, in the, the Marvel, Marvel Universe. Universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who wants who wants his painting back in a bad way? <laughs> you know, but it turns out the painting they have is the fake. The real painting is the one that Black Hat has. Yeah, and Shocker. Well, just as I predicted, many, many, many months ago, Shocker finally gets his groove back, saving the Magia. And all the warring factions, you know, you had uh, Mr. Negative's group there, you had Tombstone's group there. There was a lot of people fighting for control of the Magia, you know, and all trying to get control of Silvermane's head, which was equally or, or even more hilarious because Silvermane's head is, is, pointed, is painted up like Paul Stanley from Kiss. <laughs> with a <laughs> wig. Tripped. That is hysterical. Shout that was awesome. it out loud. loud. And, um, <laughs> but the Punisher shows up to kill everybody, and who, who swoops in to save the day and kick the Punisher's ass but Shocker? Yeah. Shocker, hit Shocker him. was redeemed. Shocker and Shocker, Shocker was in that Shocker movie. Yeah, he had like a Shocker, like a Shocker mobile. So, or somebody put Shocker on buggy. your view, did you see where that buggy was from? Uh, no, I didn't look at that. It was from the Spidey Super Stories. The Shocker had the same buggy. Oh, did he really? So, so Spencer pulled that from Spidey Super Stories. Right, Nick, Nick Spencer just oh, went huh. even more. Oh, Nick Spencer, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he, he he zooms in on the Shocker mobile, and then hits Punisher with a shockwave, and you see Punisher flying like across <laughs> into the next county, <laughs> which was pretty funny. He had this shocked look on his face, and so then. Uh, Shocker picks up Silvermane's head, and, and Silvermane proclaims that Shocker is the new Don of the Magia. <laughs> Most powerful, super-powered crime family that there is. Nice. Yep. Um, and in the end, the friends seem to be splitting up a small pile of cash. I guess maybe Speed Demon shared some loot with them. I don't know. And they look back at the whole affair with fond memories and newfound respect for one another, which means they can't get back uh, to work so that they can go back to backstabbing one another somewhere down the line. And the guy that Fred's talking to in the bar, he introduces himself at the end of the story as Peter. Yeah. Now, we don't know if that's Peter Parker because it's a bar. Why would Peter be in a bar? To drink milk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. yeah. Anyway. Uh, like Sheldon this, Cooper. 
this was a great way to end the story, you know. Uh, it's got black, a mixed Black Cat and Peter in there, and we haven't seen them in, in the whole series. Yeah, this no, that was, was awesome. Yeah, because earlier when it when it was Spider Man showed up, it was Otto, and that was earlier right. in, the, in like right. towards the beginning. But this is a great way to end the story. Uh, you know, uh, they don't really win, but they find triumph in it anyway. Yeah. Uh, and it's a perfect wrap on really what has become one of the best Spider-Man related titles in many years. And it goes on to prove a point I've made before that any character can be awesome with great writing. I would love to see Spencer tackle Spider-Man by himself. Yeah. Can you imagine how funny that would be? Because Spider-Man is a very funny person. Yes, it would, be, it would be. That would be fun. Great. It would be fun. Aww. It wouldn't be dark. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it dark. <laughs> it's just depressing. Uh, Re- reading yeah. a- ASM now is like it, it does. It feels like I'm reading uh, manga. Manga's mm. better than this. <laughs> well, <I'm- laughs> it's like I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons, and you know the the, the stuff that oh, comes on before all the stuff you actually want to watch. So you're just suffering through it. <laughs> it's just like having to watch Gem when I wanted to watch GI Joe, which came after. <laughs> it's like when you wake up too early and it's eight o'clock. What you want to watch? Want to watch comes on at nine thirty, but you're too excited to go back to sleep. So you just watch yeah. TV until it comes on, and it's all so, just yeah. So you yeah. want to watch the tick, but you have to suffer through pound puppies. Pretty much. <laughs> puppies. Been, been there. <laughs> or street sharks. Been there. So, well, so this one gets an A plus from me. That's awesome. One of the best books. Highly recommended. And George, I convinced you for this one. Try Hobgoblin. No. <laughs> All right. It's it's along the same lines. Is it? No. Here's the thing, though. Here's the this okay. this works yeah. for 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 B listers, for or yeah. and, and C listers. This kind of lovable loser thing works for them. The stuff that that from what I've read of the reviews and what from talking to you, you know, when we cover satellites, is not something I want to read. I don't want to see Roderick Kingsley portrayed that way. I just don't. Flat out don't. And I hate, I hate Phil. So it's like, it's like another reason not for me to pick this up. Well, we did 13 reviews in two hours. <laughs> Let's go over the grades uh, for, I'll read mine real quick. X-Men 33 gets a C. Uh, FF12 gets a B. Hobgoblin 2 against George's Protest gets a B minus. Axis number 5 gets a B minus. Uh, Carnage number 1 gets a C plus. Carnage number 2 gets a C minus. Uh, Zach, what do you got? I've got uh, New Warriors got an F, 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 F. F you, yeah. F you, New Warriors. Uh, <laughs> um, team Up got a A. And Scarlet Spiders, ironically enough, got a B. Yeah. And Ashley? Uh, Spider-Verse, the anthology, got a B plus, And Spider-Woman, Spider-Woman number one, got a C plus. <laughs> and George? Uh, Spider, Spider-Man 2099 number six got a B minus, And Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 17 got an A plus. You know, because all we do is hate stuff. Because this show had an A, a B, a C. Do we even have a D? I know we had an F. Yeah, we had an F you. I don't think we had a D. I don't think we had a D. But no, we're all over the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> all right, gang. Good recording. That was fun to have help on the satellites. Thank you, too, for being on. Yeah, yeah my wife My wife is glaring at me now, so I have to go. Oh. Oh.